Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast those, is brought to you by RaceDayTV.com. For only known as Nash Division, catch all the local action from Lee, Claremont, and Hudson, right plus other select races throughout the New England region. If you were a previous God, Nash yeah, Division member, this is going to roll right into RaceDayTV.com. And if you aren't a subscription holder yet, go to RaceDayTV.com and uh, type in promo code BFP for $10 off your subscription price. And if you wanted to do pay-per-view, it's never going to be more than the advertised grandstand ticket price. Again, that is racedaytv.com. Do you like playing with toy cars and telling your significant other that they're collectibles? Do you enjoy badass memorabilia of grown-ass men who are more successful than you? Well, today's episode is also brought to you by Circle B Diecast for all of your diecast needs and merchandise. And be sure to use promo code BFP123 for $5 off purchases over $30. Do you enjoy listening to us idiots? Want to support the show even more? Become a Patreon pal today for just $4.69. Nice. Nice. A month, you can become a pal today. Benefits include an extra show every month, access to some of our old archive shows, discounts on merchandise, asking us questions on our Patreon questions segment every week, or just leaving us a virtual tip in our virtual tip jar. Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast. Once again, just four sixty nine a month. Become a pal today. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the Black Flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh, Occasional alcohol consumption. Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good uh. all right boys and girls this is going to be episode 250 three three four three three for dale three and a half <clears throat> 250 something mm. uh of the black flag podcast as always i am charlie sanborn to my right is bradley saucier and directly across the table from me is bobby timmons uh together we are at black flag pod on all things social media where you guys were lighting it up on facebook throughout the weekend brad was uh well some i assumed it was brad but uh <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah looks like i uh of all weekends the fuck up this was not the one uh i was pretty bummed out um what did you do this weekend Oh, Christ. What did I do this weekend? Uh, Saturday, I believe. What did we do? Not really much of anything. Sunday was the the day. Uh, So we got absolutely fucking molested with like two feet of snow, which was pretty cool, right? Uh, It was one of those deals where like you go out, clean the porch off, and then like 45 minutes later, it looks like you never even touched it. (laughs) Go out, clean the porch off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the guy that plowed our driveway all last year never responded to me. And I was like trying to verify, like, hey, we're on the list, right? You like, went out of business like, like, at the beginning of this winter. Like, you're still coming, right? Like, you're still going to, and just nothing. So um, it starts snowing. And like I said, it's it's coming down pretty good in the morning. Chase saw his uh, snow for the first time ever. So Fucking we, hated it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I mean, he didn't really know what to think, I don't think. He was like. The air is spicy. My face was, hurts. <laughs> he was like put in, we put him in one of those like kids like jumpsuit rigs. And they're just like fucking zombies. Like they can't do anything in them anyway. So we threw him in the sled. He's like, this is cold. I want to go back inside. So we did that. And it was like the perfect lazy Sunday, but I'm just looking out the window. I'm like, that's all. That's a lot of snow like that. Like we, I I thought we were going to get like a a decent amount. I didn't think it was going to come down the way that did. So I'm looking out the window. I'm like, fuck like that. I don't, there's no, I'm not going to shovel that. There's just not a fucking chance. I'm going to do that. So, um, like noonish i think Lindsay goes out cleans the porch off again and it, same thing like two minutes later it looks like you never even touched it so i'm like we're we're 
fucked. Like it was halfway up the door. And I'm like, this is no good. So I texted our, our good pal, John Halliday, uh, who lives right down the road here. And I said, hey, do you have a plow? He said, no. I'm like, perfect. Uh, he's like, but I do have a snowblower. I'm like, well, that'll also do, pig. So he uh, he's like, yeah, just who's, go down. Who's snow? You get it. And uh, he's like, yeah, just go down and grab it whenever Beth's done with it. Beth is his lady friend. And uh, just use it, do whatever you got to do. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I jet down there in the truck and wasn't really thinking, but um, there was a 0% chance that I was going to be able to get a snowblower in the back of the truck by myself. Mm. Um, they're not light. No. Um, they're pretty uh, bulky, awkward, if you would. And Beth couldn't really lift it either. So I'm like, awesome. So I ended up parking the truck in their driveway. You know where John and Beth's house is. That's yeah. Half mile. It's a decent jaunt. Walked a snowblower all the way down to this house from their house. Mm. To which uh, I was crossing uh, one of the stop signs there. And this lady who um, is from, I assume, significantly east of here. <laughs> Far east. <laughs> <laughs> um was yelling things not really in english uh and she's like can uh, can you help me like do like do the driveway i'm like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do your whole fucking driveway there's zero no shot i'm gonna do that Mm. she's like uh can you just get behind my car in whatever voice she was using i was like sick so now i'm like literally just doing god's work as i'm pushing this free labor (laughs) pushing this fucking thing allah's work (laughs) that it very well probably yeah <laughs> as i'm pushing this fucking thing down and mind you well maybe she'll spare your life in a I, terrorist i have gotten someday. a little fat uh lately and i have like the worst case of asthma of all time i thought i was gonna pass away like in the middle of the road just le- leave this cub cadet fucking thing yellow snowblower and you're just gonna find a body in the middle of the road halfway back and I, i'm huffing and puffing and wheezing and whatever i finally got it back here and uh just did the driveway, but uh, that was that was the midst of my Sunday for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it was uh, just kind of a lazy weekend, unfortunately, where <sighs> you guys were seemingly tearing it up in Allentown. Yeah, we we toured some stuff. Um, so so it all started right. We uh, the the night before uh, we left, I guess we left uh, Friday morning. So uh, Thursday night, I went down for a little uh, dinner with uh, Amanda's family, and uh, Bob picked us up on the way or bright and early. Uh, and we, yeah, headed down to Allentown, called them almost into Allentown and asked them if we could check into the hotel early because check-in was four. They said, yeah, that's absolutely no problem. We're like, this is going stupendously so far. Get in. That's when it stopped going good. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped by the beers racing headquarters, took a little video, um, wanted to try out the new camera that we got. Uh, the only time that it got used this whole weekend. Um, but, uh, <laughs> on par it, it was used. Uh, so then we get into actual Allentown and boy, is it a dump until you get over towards the arena and then correct. around the arena? It is beautiful. Um, it's a lot like uh, what's a good comparison? You ever been to Columbus? I have been to Columbus. Columbus so, is very nice. So around like the arena where well. Nationwide Arena is beautiful, beautiful. state beautiful. of the art. If you go like six two, feet, two miles direction. outside of the city, you just want to go away. Columbus sure. around Nationwide Arena was so nice that I actually at one point wanted to move to Columbus, Ohio, because of how nice it's. It is. It's a lot like. Um, uh, what is it, Patriot Place, mm. where you like the streets around the arena are very like shops, ha- hangouties, shops ish type deal. If you're outside, <laughs> like if you're on the outskirts going into Columbus, absolute fucking shithole. Yeah, that's about what Allentown was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'd ever want to live in Allentown, but uh, oh god, no. it was it was uh, it was a good time. So it started off right. Not a lot where, of zoning laws. 
from, no. what, from what I could tell. Uh, no, yeah, every, every shop that was on the way, like right, right as we got into greater Allentown or whatever, like there's barber shops, there's like liquor stores, there's markets, there's like meat processing facilities. And then and you can see that there's just apartments above them. And you're it was like, like straight out of Bob's Burgers. Yeah. 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 Very, very strange. But Followed by like a house and then a crack house and like a really nice house and then like some Yeah, there was there then. was some uh, of those, like Brad said, businesses with apartments above that the businesses had not been relevant for a long time or even open for no, that matter. No, obviously metal bars over all the windows. There uh, is a, uh, oh, it's like a it literally like Mike's condom shop <laughs> is on the corner down one of the side streets there. Yeah, we didn't stop there. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That's for other people. But um, and we don't pull out. No. So we, uh. I'm also sick as fuck, by the way. <clears throat> you yeah. sound good, Bob. Yeah, this is the best I've sounded all weekend. Brad can attest. For sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, we're on the ups. But we get to so we get to the arena, and Jake has booked, or it wasn't Jake, but I think one of his guys booked the hotel room for us. The arena gave us. It's attached, the, it's attached to the arena. Yeah. Very, very conveniently. Owned and then, by the same people that own the hockey team and the arena. He gave, yeah, and apparently the reason why the Allendor, Allentown Indoor Races, just combine all those words, makes total yeah. sense. <laughs> Allendor uh, is. They're, they're, big, they're big racing guys. Love it. Uh, They've sponsored cup cars before. Yes, yes. So, um, and, and sports stonks. Didn't they yes, sponsor you? Yes, they yes. did sponsor me. Yeah, yeah, I had to think yeah. about that for a second. Yeah. I was like, was that the Mariners? No, <laughs> no. that was the Phantoms. Um, but yeah, so that's cool, obviously. And so Jake sends us a parking pass, a couple parking passes, right? So one of them worked. Yeah, so we, <laughs> so we get we get to the, like, like we said, we asked for an early check-in. So we're getting there and the parking pass is actually for the racing event, which was later in the night. We never even thought about it. It was like one o'clock, one thirty, whatever. And... We're, we're scanning the car. The, the code wasn't working. Scan the code. Still wasn't working. So then it says, if code doesn't work, call the attendant. So we call the attendant, and the guy's like, yeah, fucking Paul Blart or whatever, security, <laughs> how can I help you? And he's like, yeah. And Bob's like, we have a QR code that's not working. And he's like, yeah, I just take a ticket. And Bob's like, bye. So he just takes a ticket. Mm-hmm. Sounds like this is a Sunday problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so we're like, all right, well, you probably just scan the QR code on the way out, right? So I sent Tom the other one because one of the numbers ended in 6-9. And nice. I was like, I can remember that that's ours, obviously. So I sent Tom the other one. Tom gets there about two hours later, goes, yeah, the parking garage thing worked. This is Tom. Like, TT? Yeah. Yeah. TTMG. So I'm like, of fucking course it did. Of course it worked. Uh, so that was the first little hiccup. We get into the, the actual... Uh, building can't find the hotel wandering around i it what a piss poor layout everything was yeah it's everything we got lost every step of the way right to our final trek back to the fucking truck to go home yesterday we got lost so i i was gonna say that so i've been in the arena before because i went to go visit jake on one of our treks across the country and he he gave me a tour of the whole building and he like showed me all the the hockey shit like what he does for work and you know showed me where all the equipment is and like you're saying if you don't work there every single fucking day it would be very easy to get lost because like there's Mm. twists and turns and like you said everything is attached to the building too so you can either go upstairs or in an elevator or something and then all of a sudden you're like in a restaurant you're like well that's not a hockey game oh we found physical therapy centers we found (laughs) um offices parking garages that wasn't the parking garage we were in but somehow it was just it I'm being at one point there's the bathroom situation. It is very terrible eat out too. So I go up on Saturday to, you had to go upstairs into the arena to find a bathroom. Well, the arena wasn't open yet because of the race hadn't, you know, wasn't going on, but practice was. So then 
I find there's a Tim Hortons attached to the building. So I go in there and I was like, oh, they have a bathroom. Um, Tim Horton Honeycrawler is undefeated. By the, the, way. Uh, the, the little green or red on the outside of the bathroom door. Usually if it's occupado, you would put it on red. <laughs> Uh, it was on green, and I opened the door and locked eyes with a guy mid shit. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm actually just going to piss my pants. And I shut the door, and I don't. I, I eventually found a bathroom, I assume. I don't know. Maybe I still have to pee. Maybe I haven't peed since. I don't really remember. Did you but. ever see the guy oh, again God. throughout the weekend? No, he had a Tim Hortons shirt on. Um, <laughs> and he worked there. Uh, I didn't go to Tim Hortons. Oh, that's fucking classic. Yeah, just. Like I said, got lost we're, every step. We're of the good way. for walking in on people taking shits, though. I feel yeah, or just bathrooms they don't lock in general. The door. It's so fucking you know, annoying. The dude. worst one of all time is uh, cruising cafe. Granted that oh, I don't well, think that they're door like the door is locked. Yeah. <laughs> just the lock didn't hold the door locked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you actually had to be out. In... There was a hole in the trim work for the lock, and the, the hole was just blown out of it. So the lock wasn't. Re- it was there for show. Yeah, uh, you got to be. You got to be mid taking a shit and hold there, the door closed. It's strictly. It's there strictly for fucking aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> Zoning yeah. purposes. Yeah, I don't think many people are going in there to shit, but that's pretty much where we spend most of our time. So oh, you if you're shitting at Cruising bro. Cafe, you're having a bad day. Yeah. You're having a real Because we're there yeah. in the middle of the day. But uh, so anyways, we get to the actual hotel. Finally find it. We get in the lobby, right? And so it's, it's Bob. Like the, the parking garage was at, we'll call it the turns three and four end, but the hotel was at the turns one and two end of the arena, but I couldn't grasp like that concept for some or reason. Or the fact that there was 18 different elevators that all brought you to different places. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so we get to the hotel lobby and we're starting to pack all of our stuff on the bellhop. I mean, now I have like a box, a couple bags, a cooler. Bobby has an actual physical cooler. Mine's a backpack cooler. The ladies obviously have a bunch of bags. So we're stacking all these bags on this bellhop because it's obviously going to be much easier to get it to where we need to go. And the lady's like, yeah, what's the last name? I was like, saucy or whatever. She, she's going to run my card and she goes, I have you in a king. And I was like, hopefully a couple of them. I just it, like at this point, I'm just like, I was like, I don't know what you have me in. I was like, I didn't really book it. And she's like, yeah, I have you in a king. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, my buddy that works here had uh, one of his friends or someone that he works for book it. So um, whatever you have us in is what we're. And then Amanda goes, is that one bed? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, we'll figure that out. And she just gave us the keys. We went up the hall. We went up the elevator, got into our room and uh, was sure as shit. One one bed. Uh, all people. the other rooms. Five. All, all the other rooms had oh, TV stayed with you. Yeah. Guys? Oh, all the God. other rooms had couches on the windowsill. <clears throat> Ours did not. Um, so that was fun. But so we get in there and I'm perfectly fine. I, I'll sleep literally wherever I land. Like there's a good chance. I don't even make it back to Which the room. Which means that you volunteered Amanda to sleep wherever you No, she, well we, we made her a nice bed on the ground uh, for night one. <laughs> um, but so we're, we're I'm, what a fun I'm one of those people where I'm like, I, I haven't drank in 31 days at this point. I'm getting hammered. So I'm going to start drinking. And before I really get on the gas, I should set up the bed. So I like go start selling. Don't let him fool you. He had a beer at nine thirty in the morning on Friday. We were two hours away from being to the fucking arena. Still, I did, That's but fine. I only brought two into the cab, so it wasn't like I was hammered. Certainly but. not in the truck on the way there, though. Right? No, no, I was holding yeah, the totally. beer out the yeah. window. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it legal. I yeah. think actually yeah. stopped at a rest stop so Brad could have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we we get in there right, and I'm I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start setting up the the bed because I'm gonna go meet up with Jake for lunch or whatever, and. Then Bob's girlfriend Taylor goes, I'm going to call downstairs and see if they have cots. And so this is holy. she fuck. gets so she gets on the, the line with downstairs, whatever, and goes, hey, do you guys have any cots? And they're like, yeah. 
And she's like, oh, cool. Um, can we get one of those to room 522? And they're like, yep. And she's like, wait, do you actually have two of those by chance? And they're like, yeah, we do. And she's like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, room 522. Thank you. All right. Hangs up. And so we're all just elated. We're like, well, that just solved everything. Like, that's literally the only thing that we needed was cots to sleep in. So <laughs> I'm sitting there cracking a beer, like sitting by the windowsill in the cuck chair. Bobby gets to the old knock on the door. <laughs> Opens the door and I can see that this nice lady is standing in front of Bob and I can't see really anything past. Like I can see everything past her. I can see like the room. I'm like, where, where the, where would she have a cot right now? So Bobby's just like grabs whatever she has, turns around, close the door, goes, okay, thank you. Turns around and he has cups. There's ah, two cups. Nailed it. Yeah. So <laughs> I love that song by Anna Kendrick, <laughs> Cots. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was that was good. So then Bob goes to work, right? And so I stay in the room. I'm still having a couple beers. The ladies are getting ready. So we let like a good hour and a half, two hours go by. And Taylor's like, I, I should call him again. Because like, what hotel doesn't have Cots? Like, so, like I'm going to call him. So she calls again. And she's like, you guys have cots and they're like to sleep on and they're like yes and she and then she's like to sleep on and they're like yes and she's like okay can i have one of those please to room 522 and they're like yes so then she's like can i get sheets and pillows with that and they're like yeah that's fine and so she's like okay 522 like thank you hangs up again so again we're like boom like at least one that solves a good amount of what we're trying to figure out half the problem right so knock on the door, Taylor opens the door and all they have is the sheets and pillows. And Taylor just grabs them, turns around and just goes, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, do you have cots? Yes. To sleep on? Yes. <laughs> That's very straightforward. <laughs> like, what, what? yeah. So very, very, very confusing. Um, Lady says she's never seen a cot in her life. Yeah. That works there. Oh, yeah, that's what she did. So Taylor the lady grabbed, that like, works at the hotel. Yeah, Taylor grabbed the sheets and pillows and just goes, now, do you have the cot to, like, go with it? And the lady's like, what? And she's like, the cot, like, to sleep on? And the lady said, I, I've never seen one of those at this hotel, but I'll go check. And then she left, and we never saw her again. Yeah, she might still be checking. <laughs> <laughs> she probably got lost in the hotel. Probably. Uh, Fuck. Yeah. Hope someone get her a bowl of water or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so anyways, yeah, that, that was that was our check-in process. Well, Bob went to work. And um, so then we end up. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I'm like packing up a bag. And I'm like, I'm going to go, you know, try to find some people. Because they had messaged us about wanting the new shirts that we got. And so I packed up a bag. And. I'm going downstairs of the hotel, right? So the, the elevator takes you from the hotel down to the hotel lobby, or you can go one step further, go to the parking garage. And I was like, well, I remember seeing arrows on the wall to go to the PPL center. I don't even know where that is in this building. I'm just going to go all the way down to the part to the basically the basement. So I go into the basement and I see like someone walk by wearing something racing. And I'm like, all right. So I'm following him. You could kind of smell race cars. Yeah, you can smell them. You could kind of hear them loosely. And I'm like, all right. So I'm like following this guy You're in the general vicinity. Right. And like, we know they're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're, this guy, we walked for like, I swear, like a quarter of a mile. And I'm like, all right, like, I hope this guy knows where he's going. Sure. Shit. We take, take a corner, take a right hand turn. And he just opens this door. And I can see like race cars, like in the distance. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's where I need to go. All right. So I open the door, just walk right in. Security standing there said nothing to me. Walked over to Bob, had a conversation. Walked Just over horse to- shit because I took the same exact route, and same thing. I see, uh, I assume a dad and two his two daughters or a daughter and a friend, whatever, two girls, and they're clearly headed to the racetrack. So I'm just like, I'm following you guys, 
And we walk through, same thing. You open the door, bam, parking garage full of race cars. Like the bottom floor of the parking garage is the pit area. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, can't go in through here. We're like, okay. So you guys need pit passes. And the guy's like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Where do you sell them? He goes like, ah, oh, you got to go out and around and this and up and then around. And we're like, where? He's like, oh, yeah, you got to go this. And he explains it to us. And we're all like, well, where is that? Like, what the fuck is this guy even talking about? And then he's like, you know what? I'm not supposed to tell you this, but come with me. So he takes us around like a, a super secret hallway to an elevator that goes up two floors of the parking garage. And then you had to walk outside of the parking garage and re-enter the parking garage from a different entrance where they were selling pit passes. Mm. Holy fuck. So yeah, we'll get to that a little later as well. <laughs> so then you but you buy your pit pass and you walk back in and you have to walk down like a floor and a half to get to the pits. And I'm like, what the fuck? And to add insult to injury, where Matt Janish was parked was right where that opening was, where I came out. Right next to that door, which was right next, like right around the corner from an elevator that takes you to the hotel. So <laughs> I, so what I did was I just went down, obviously went through that door, thought nothing of it. And I thought that the girls were just going to go out to lunch because we were going to go meet Jake across the street anyways. I was like, wait, why don't you guys just go over there? I'm going to go try to sell some shirts, meet up with some people, and you know, I'll see you guys later. So I walk right through those doors, see Bobby, see you know Matt Swanson and Justin and stuff. And so then I go out to, towards the racetrack and, and I'm – in the building, like perfectly fine. So then the girls message me and they're like, Hey, did, where did you go to like get into the racetrack? And I was like, Oh, like I just went down the elevator, like took a right, went around a couple corners and then through the, these black doors basically. So they walk through, no one checks for a pit pass. No one asks for a pit pass. The, one of the guys helping us on Matt's cars named Mark, um, Maneri. I see him talking with Taylor and Amanda walking through the pit area, walk right by our car. And I'm like, Hey, Taylor stops and goes, oh, Amanda, they're right there. And then this kid, Mark, stops and goes, Mark's like, he's like, oh, that one? And points to me. (laughs) They looked apparently so lost trying to find the racetrack that Mark saw them and was like, hey, can I help you guys? They're like, oh, we're trying, Taylor, I'm trying to find my boyfriend in the pits. And he's like, oh, just come this way. I'll I'll get you to the pit area. (laughs) Didn't know that they were looking for us. And he Mm. was just being nice and leading them (laughs) to the pit area. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing, though. Security card must have just stopped giving a fuck after me. Well, it sounds like it was probably every single person busting <laughs> oh, yeah. that door. Yeah, so as as the day goes on, right, we go over across the street to this place. Brew Daddy's had some had great some spot, bunch bunch of great food, great, great beers. They brew them all right there. Um, sat there for a while, then Jake was over at Blended, so we went over to Blended across the street. Another great spot. Go upstairs, have a couple more free beers in the room, and then I'm like, well, we're already this far into the day. Like, I'm gonna go obviously try that door again. So go downstairs. Walk through the fucking door. Don't get asked for a pit pass or nothing. Was like, we're in here now. Like, we're in here for good because I have a sweet ticket. Jake had, had gotten a suite for the night. And I was like, we have sweet tickets. So, like, if I can just get across from this door to that opening over there, we're going to go right up to the suites. We're good to go. So, didn't even pay for a pit pass on Friday. It was, it was great. <laughs> Brad is not actively saying he didn't buy no. a pit pass on this show. No. Oh, I'm absolutely <laughs> saying that. Like, <laughs> like Bobby said, like you had to, it, it, you, it was a Rubik's cube to try to figure out where they were even selling them to begin with. So I was like, if I don't have to go do that right now, I'm just not going to go do that. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, I have tickets. I have tickets to go in the front door. So like, I'll just go in the front door if I need to, like I'll get a pit pass tomorrow, but like it's now seven o'clock and we're going green in 10 fucking minutes. So I'm just going to go into the suites, but like, it's easier probably to walk through here because I'm going to get lost if I go anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we went up to before, this before we get too deep into this, you guys all bought them for the next day. Well, allegedly. So we'll, we'll get, <laughs> get a little bit into that later, but, um, yeah, so 
uh, Friday, Jake ended up, like I said, getting a suite, went up and uh, loaded the fridge up with some beers, had a couple of the, the guys from the team actually show up, which uh, he had gotten in. He, he said he invited a bunch of the, the players from the Phantoms. And he's like, yeah, no, it was actually a... Uh, Jeremy Roenig and Claude Giroux were there. Yes. Yeah. He he yeah. was like, I'm going to invite. That's the extent of uh, Philadelphia Flyers players that I know. He's like, I'm going to invite. Pally Lindbergh. Was I'm going to invite like a bunch of the guys, and they're not going to show up. So like, you guys, you just have you know a couple of the boys up, whatever, whatever you want to do. Uh, he's like, we're just going to have a good night. He's like, I'll be up there. So it was him, one of his buddies, and then just Taylor, Amanda, and I. And uh, Austin Beers came up. Bobby was up when he could, and then like four of the guys just showed up. Five of the guys maybe. And all introduced themselves, like shook my hand, sat down, clapped for everyone that was getting introduced during every race. Wasn't like it was like a super sarcastic. Just it didn't matter who it was. Just the entire <laughs> field was getting named off. Eight guys, and they're all just like, "Yeah, let's go, buddy!" <laughs> Woo! And then they watched like four races, and they left. <laughs> and uh, then Jake ended up leaving pretty pretty early on too. So it ended up just being Bobby and, and uh, Austin Taylor and I for um, a little while. That shouldn't have been me, but. I made it up for the final 22 laps of the first night. <laughs> Why would happen? Yeah. We'll, we'll get, get ready. We'll just, might as well just get into that now. Yeah. So uh, uh, for those that, I guess this is, if this is your first show ever, I was helping Matt Janish runs a 48 car, built a uh, brand new car for this indoor series, beautiful race car. So we we're really looking forward to getting back to work with him. And, uh, you know, fought some new car blues, uh, broke a Heim joined in one of the practices and, uh, in the heat race, started uh, third, and I think they were taking four. I think we finished third in the heat race. And uh, so that put us, I think we started the feature 10th or 11th. I don't really know. Um, had a hell of a car, though, for uh, corners one and two, because that was as far as we made it. Um, Tyler Thompson just wean-stepped coming out of two, spun the tires and almost spun out. Matt had nowhere to go. Obviously, you're fresh off a start. Everybody's two by two, and you know indoor racing shit happens so fucking quick. Matt went over him into the wall, and then the kid behind us went absolutely through the left rear shock, and uh, that was the end of that. So, um, luckily with indoor racing, they crash every two laps. It seems like at the beginning, so we found a break, and we convinced them to allow us to cross back to the outfield. I guess uh, instead of being stuck in the I'll use uh, Austin Beers' term, the mosh pit in the infield. So we escaped the mosh pit, and uh, I sprinted. I don't know how I found it, because even the first time I went to the suite, I got lost. And I was like, well, I'm going by memory sprinting, because I want to get up there to at least see like the rest of the race. And uh, I think I made it up there. with. I only missed 11 laps, I think. Um, what else happened? It was a great race, I feel like. <clears throat> Both nights were incredible races, but they're all kind of just blend together at this point. So yeah, Friday it was, night. It was it was really good, but um I, I think like uh I mean Timmy Catalano I think was leading early and then Andy J you could tell was pretty quick, but Skip started not far back. Oh, Tommy but, Catalano. <clears throat> oh, I said you Timmy. said Timmy. Trevor yeah, yeah. Troyer. Yeah, Tim, well Timmy Timmy blew up uh, at one um, point. But um yeah. spin. There's like eleven of them. Yeah. There? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all raced. You could you could tell early on that Skip was the best car. I mean, he was absolutely hauling the mail out there and um he, he was making his way towards the front and then Andy J was in front of him and they got by uh Tomcat and then they just kept they swapped the lead a couple times and then one of the times it's like Ryan took the lead on the top and then they had a they had a caution and he chose the bottom. It's like he had just said on the show a week ago that the top tends to be what well, stays rubbered up and the bottom slicks off, and it absolutely did that. And he let Andy drive around him for the lead. So it's like, you were like, well, why didn't you pick the top? And 
Uh, they were racing real hard for the lead. I think Ryan, he was hanging with him. I mean, Andy was, he drove to the lead by. Standing like, in that same small green and black car. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it looks like it hasn't been touched all year. <laughs> and that showed when the water hose blew off it while Oof. he was leading. Yeah. Um, Ryan, like I said, Ryan was staying with him on the bottom, but Andy was pinching him and, and was probably going to drive back around him for the lead. And Tomcat was right there. The three of those, those three were the class of the field all weekend. There was really nobody, I don't think, that had a car that could that could race with them. And uh, it looked like at first, it looked like Ryan just drove into the side of Andy and spun him out, or spun them both out for the lead. And then Tomcat had poor, uh, nowhere to go, ends up like half on top of both of them, cleans out the whole top three. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, fucking Ryan just drove down to the corner and cleaned out the whole top three. And then we like we watched the replay and we're like, man, he didn't hit him that hard like he was into the side of him but not any worse than the two of them like and the restart before when ryan was on the top i mean andy didn't even try to go in on the bottom and just plugged him right in the motor and ryan just straightened out and drove off took the lead so me and brad are like going back and forth and we're like i don't know i don't know there's no way skip just blew it down in there and wiped him out but from 95 feet in the air up in the suites kind of what it looked like and uh come to find out andy actually had a water hose blow off right at the end of the straightaway. So they both spun in Andy's water after Ryan hit him. Um, I think took out like Billy pouch jr. Took out, it ended up taking out four or five cars. Ryan got to keep going, but I think it took out the rest of them. And then, so this kid, uh, Tanner Van Doren, I'd never heard of this kid before. I guess he's a dirt guy from Pennsylvania or New York, whatever young kid. He was just supposed to hot lap. One of the Rick Kluth cars that Anthony Cecily and Matt Swanson drive, but the indoor auto racing series has a rule where you can't hot lap two cars. Uh, you can only hot lap the car that you enter. So they found uh, drivers to hot lap their backup cars. And the kid that was hot lap and Matt's got uh, taken out of his because Matt broke his. So he's like, get out. I need this one. <laughs> and the other one was being hot lap by Tanner Van Dorn. And I don't know exactly what, what went on, but they ended up letting him race anyway. And he fucking won the race. So mm. he went from, he's never raced one before. And was wasn't even supposed to race that night, and ended up winning the feature. Um, you know those Rick Kluth cars are really good. I think Anthony Cecily won one of the Atlantic Cities last year. Yeah, he's always a threat. But basically, they either win or they break. I mean, there's really no in between. Um, so, and there was a ten thousand dollar bonus on the line if you won both races. So I was like, well, guess that kid's gonna race it again tomorrow <laughs> night too. Mm. And. Uh, I forget who who, else, who was on the podium of the first. I think Tim Buckwalter was second, but he was second because he had a fifth-place car that the top three got wiped out. He couldn't even hang with Van Doren. And I forget who was third. Yeah, I don't remember who was third either. Uh, yeah, that guy. That guy. Good that guy was third. Those other guys. Dude, buddy. <laughs> that guy also won the slingshot race. That Crenshaw fellow won the go-kart Yeah, Hot Rod Todd. Todd Crenshaw won actually both go-kart races. And then I think Brett, I think it was Brett Bieber was the dude that won the slingshot race. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see any of that, but I did get to see like on the Jumbotron, we were pushing out you know, crash carts for the TQ race and they were interviewing the first and he was like, oh, I guess it's better to be lucky than good or something. So I don't know, maybe he had some luck. The slingshots, man, are just chaos. Just, it's comedy. <laughs> it's absolute comedy. Just watching those things. They don't handle, they drive like shit. They bounce. They, they, the, they, the wing, the sideboards like flap when they go they, down the straightaway. They don't even do what they're supposed to on tracks that they're supposed to be on, let alone a hockey rink. 
Yeah, they literally look like they have golf cart tires yeah. on them. Like it's just so cartoonish, and they're awesome. They're like they are the show. There was some pretty gnarly wrecks in the slingshots this week as well. I mean, there usually is, but this week I felt like there was just more than you usually see in AC. Like they barrel rolled like a couple of them at least. Poor poor Brad didn't really. He doesn't. I mean, nobody would know anything about slingshots. They're not even remotely a thing anywhere near here. But there's a, there's a lot of sheet metal on those things. Like. You know, they're pretty, mostly body pretty intricate looking little body so on on friday um one car stuffed it in the fence and like ripped half the body off when it flipped and brad's like oh, i i can't imagine the amount of work it is to build a body for one of those things like that poor guy's got so much work to do and i'm like yeah that's a spec series they just mass produce everything that thing will have a new body on it in 10 minutes yeah and brad just like oh there's also one guy that makes them all <laughs> it too, is I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah rich tobias yeah that's it. Everything's they're all like cookie cutter as cookie cutter gets. They're all exactly the same. Everything's mass produced. You can just if it, parts if it, on a shelf. Yeah. If it wasn't for Allentown or Atlantic City, I would never see a slingshot or care about a slingshot. That's because in my that's life, about so. two of the only places that they race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They race like in Pennsylvania, and New Jersey on dirt and stuff. I guess they're actually pretty cool. Scott on used dirt. to race those. Yep. Yeah. Mm. I, I've been saying since I started going to Atlantic City that I want to get a slingshot, unload it Thursday, whatever, put it up on stands, and then just go the whole weekend how I normally do, and then just show up right before the heats and just roll out there. <laughs> there was a guy in Atlantic City like three years ago that uh, his crew member had a scooter, like a, either an old person or a fat people scooter, and that's how they pushed the car around the pit area was a guy behind him on a scooter. I love that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're going to actually have one of those as well. Too. Yeah. That's going to be part of it. <laughs> that's <laughs> obviously going to be number 69. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, if they ever get it back to, which I think they want to get it back to a three race series, we could just buy one collectively and everybody gets to race it once. That, that I think be, that they're also more expensive than you would ever think that they are. Why? For what they are, I I don't know. We could find a used one. <laughs> I want to say they're like eight grand. Oh, that's not that bad. They they for that they they have like a pretty gnarly like V twin motor on them. So I can yeah off that. a fucking generator probably. <laughs> you ever it's like see a bobcat <laughs> motor? You ever see those like I think it was well I usually saw them at like a Fourth of July fucking uh, deal or whatever. But like the Shriners like fucking go like go kart. That's kind of what they look yeah, like. Yeah. Kind of what they yeah. seem like. They drive like I too. Told, I told Taylor I was like, yeah, these are like fun town. They sound like fun town go karts. They <laughs> and they, there, go, they go just ditty. fast enough to make something cool. Happen. They sit there idling and you can hear the big ass heavy clutch just going ding 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 ding. Good old Noram clutch. Yeah. It. I think that uh that about covers the Friday night portion of the show. And uh, we do have a guest coming on who had a pretty bad Friday night. Yeah, he uh, blew up and caught fire in the heat race. And that was the end of his Friday. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a, uh, we partied with the Section 8 Motorsports fellas. Uh, we've referenced them before. And I think every time that we have a race event that we attend uh, with them, we're going to do the uh, Section 8 um, Motorsports Presents the Should Have Gone Drinking Award. And that is for a driver who showed up to race at the event that we were all at, and he should have gone drinking instead. And uh, our first uh, nominee for the should have gone drinking award was Matt Caprera. And so we're going to give Matt a call, and he's going to tell you why. And by the time he gets done telling you how his weekend went, you will agree he should have went drinking. (laughs) (laughs) And without further ado, here is Matt Caprera. All right. So like I I just said, we got Matt Caprera. Matt uh, is from New York. He's a little bit younger than us, but uh, open wheel guy, guy I've raced super modifieds with. So Matt, uh, tell our our lovely listeners here of the Black Flag Podcast, uh, who the fuck is Matt Caprera and how do you end up holding steering wheels and driving race cars? <laughs> well, um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a wild story, you know. Uh, obviously, my my brother's race, Frankie. You know, he ran the series, and uh, 
he was really good with that stuff with the dirt stuff and taylor as well he ran a lot of dirt stuff when um uh, when i was really young and uh uh, my mom was actually really just always wanted me in sports, so I really wasn't into the racing. You know, I went sometimes here and there to watch Taylor or Frankie, but um, I never really was in it till kind of an older age than most. You know, um, I started out I think go karts at maybe around eleven or twelve, and I only ran a few races. Um, I think like six races. Um, got a few wins in that, and uh, kind of went back to sports for a little bit. And then uh, one day my dad was like, hey, you want to get into racing a little bit more? And I said, sure. So um, we bought a car from uh, Tommy Conklin. Never, know, I don't know if you guys know him, but uh, he owned a Asphalt Modified that uh, he ran at Evans Mills up, up here in New York. And um, yeah, for that COVID year that we had, all we did was practice uh, all year. So um, as many laps we could get as, at Evans Mills, that's what we did. And then... Uh, the next year, um, we decided uh, that we'll just run Evans Mills uh, full time and just see how it goes. Um, we started out actually kind of like a rocket, you know. We we were pretty good uh, early in the season, and uh, and then obviously it kind of it, it kind of attacked me uh, having my brothers race the dirt stuff. Um, they asked me if I wanted to try it, and then uh, once I tried that, you know, it, it just had me hooked. So halfway uh, through my first season, um, we ran a little dirt stuff at Brewerton and uh, it kind of just went from there, you know, just trying to get in anything I can. Um, I just think uh, anything you can put, put your ass in kind of, <laughs> it definitely helps. So uh, yeah, it just kind of blew up from there. So you raced, uh, so like you said, sports and mod, dirt mod. Uh, how do you end up driving super modifieds for Mike Muldoon? Cause that's how I met you. Yeah. So, uh, actually dad, dad sold cars to Mike for years now. And, um, one day he, uh, my dad called him up and said, Hey, do you mind coming us, coming up and helping us for the John Burr race? It's a big race up at Evans Mills. And, uh, he said, yeah, why, why not? So he came up and helped us out. And, uh, after that, it kind of just lit the spark, uh, for us to be able to drive his car. Um, he asked me if I, if I would be willing to do it. And, uh, you know, and, uh, like from now on, it's still the best opportunity I've ever had um, to for him to just put me in his car is just a blessing. Uh, something something that nice of a car is just definitely a blessing. So, yeah, that's kind of how it worked and uh, still going strong from now. So looking just through uh, even just on your racing page, I actually make the the like little Photoshop edits of the show post. And I was trying to pick which car to actually put on the show post. Cause it seems like you've just raced just about everything. Uh, you know, asphalt, <laughs> late models, asphalt, modifieds, dirt, modifieds, uh, you know, which one of those it was your favorite. And do you ever find yourself like wanting to just stick to one and for, or try to race a full season for a championship or something like that? Or are you just kind of enjoying, uh, jumping in anything that you possibly can? Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard different stuff from everyone. Um, you know, my dad's always been one that, get in anything you can and be versatile. And then I've also heard, you know, it's killing me with, uh, going hopping back and forth. So, um, I decided this year that I think I should just stick to one and just try it out for at least a year. So, um, this year I decided to run the series for the super dirt car stuff. And, uh, um, I just love the big block stuff. You know, it's just, it's just, it's fast. It's, uh, it's definitely, um, it takes a lot of talent, you know, you, you don't see these guys going and winning every time, you know, Shepard, it's taken years for him to be like 
good as this, but if you want to go and beat these guys, you, you have to, you have to, uh, race weekly with them. So, um, I know it, I know it might be killing me, but you know, like you said, it, it might be just fun. I, I have so much fun hopping around. Um, and I, you know, you meet different people too. Uh, I, I would never meet the people I don't know if I didn't go to North Carolina and race Hickory and Caraway, you know, you just, you meet so many new people that it definitely helps you in the long run. So, um, I'm going to try it out this year and stick to the dirt stuff mostly, but, um, and just see how it goes, you know, just go have fun and, um, like I said, see how it goes. So is that uh, why is that why Max McLaughlin uh, made the switch to the dirt late models because he was afraid you were going to beat him this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. You know, being a guy like that, you know, you're doing something. So <laughs> uh, I wish. <laughs> I, I like how in that answer you said, you know, I'm definitely just going to stick with one uh, this whole year, and then at the end you kind of trailed off, and you were like, yeah, we're going to try to just maybe maybe just run one. And uh, it sounds like you're, you're still uh, leaving the door open for running some of the other stuff that you've been able to run. But uh, Trying to convince yourself, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're, when you're having this much fun hopping in and different stuff, you know, um, it's hard to stick to one. You know, it, it's a lot of fun traveling and, like I said, meeting new people. So it's definitely tough to just stick to one. But if it's going to help me out in the long run to, to beat those Shepherds and Williamsons, then you have to do it. So um, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit. <laughs> So we do, we do have a bunch of Patreon questions that we'll get to, and I think that it's going to allow us to get a lot more of the answers that we may have, uh, Adia, but uh, Bob does have a award that is getting presented to you for uh, <laughs> Allentown this past weekend, uh, not Atlantic City. But uh, So we got a group of, group of friends um, that they call themselves Section 8 Motorsports, and uh, yeah. so anytime that we get together with those guys, it is uh, an absolute shit show, and uh, this past weekend <laughs> at Allentown was no different, so with it was their idea, but I am stealing it from them to make it our idea. And it's called yeah. and it's called the Shoulda Gone Drinking Award. And after the weekend that you had at Allentown this weekend, we are presenting you with the first uh, um, Shoulda Gone Drinking Instead of Racing <laughs> Award by That's Section awesome. Eight Motorsports. So talk about That's your awesome. uh, your debut weekend in a TQ at Allentown. Uh, judging by that award, it did not go well. No, no you know, uh, and none of it was your fault. I'll I'll start off by saying that you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> It, it definitely sucks, but you know, that that's the, that's the thing about racing. You know, you just get those highs and lows. Um, some people might say it's bad luck, but I think you make your own luck. So, um, you say it's not my fault, but you know, deep down, I think it, it is my fault. Uh, obviously yeah, the how, motor, how dare you make the motor catch fire and blow up? Yeah. <laughs> well, not, not just that, but you know, obviously you can't do anything about the motor, but, uh, after that blow up, we, we it kind of sucked, but thanks to Bill Pippard and Mark Laffler, you know, they, they, they work their asses off to get me a new motor and just help as much as they can. So I can't thank them enough, but the second day, you know, practice went all right. Um, it wasn't anything major, you know, we weren't just, we weren't a Van Doren off the gate. He was really fast, but, uh, we weren't bad. So we, I think we timed 12th, um, which put us in the invert to start on the pole for the heat race. So we were kind of, kind of moving the luck we thought, and then uh, leading the heat race, and uh, I might have clipped a tire. I, I actually don't know. I, I think I did. And uh, got us a left front flat. Um, and a funny thing is, when, when I eventually stopped after two or three laps running it with the left front flat, I didn't even know. That's why I was flipping out. <laughs> I didn't know why they were, they were putting me back on the rollers. But, uh, yeah, that sucks. So to go through a B main is never good, you know. So we strived, got, at, got through that, thank God. 
And uh, yeah, first lap, or actually not even first lap, uh, before they took the green, the the bolt in the right front spindle stripped out. So yeah, definitely a bad weekend. <laughs> but like I said, um, I probably should have not unbolted better, you know, <laughs> nothing you can do now and uh, hopefully just get better for Atlantic City. The, the thought of what you just said, and, and so a lot of people that don't, might not know, a lot of people actually just watched our videos and, and kind of found out what that whole indoor racing deal was all about. But the way that they get the cars off the track are these furniture dollies. So basically what he was saying is that he didn't think that his, he didn't think he had a flat tire and they basically just picked his car up and put it on a furniture dolly. <laughs> That's all you do. You just, race. you just pick it up by the right side nerf bar and tip it on its side, kick a furniture dolly underneath it and roll yeah. it out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not racing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It happened to a lot of people, and they, a lot of them ended up, they were in transfer spots, and then they ended up just getting put on a furniture dollar and wheeled out of the place. And I'm like, what the hell did they oh, do yeah. wrong? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're quick. They're quick in the indoor stuff. You know, you don't get you don't get any laps to fix your car or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's quick in the indoor deal. Just even watching some of those, like, onboard cameras is like, it, for me, someone that's obviously just, I show up to these indoor deals and go out and find a place to get a beer and, and grab some lunch. But uh, just, I love just sitting back and watch people post like practice highlights and stuff. What, what was it like yeah. to even just, you know, r- be running that for, even in practice, you know, or heat races, let alone, I, I mean, I, I kind of messaged you after you passed the guy on the top in the B main uh, after maybe a couple, two, three bevies, bevies <laughs> and uh, it was like, you know, B main Bobby, we got to get you on this week. But uh, what, yeah. what was that like even just kind of digging down in Allentown? And did anything yeah. from driving a super modified like transpire? I, I was just about to mention that. Um, I think I definitely have a little bit of an advantage with the super modified stuff, you know, um, everything just happens so quick and in both cars. So you just gotta be, you just gotta be on your A game, you know, make the smart moves, but you gotta also kind of be relaxed because you know, there's always wrecks (laughs) with that stuff. So, uh, you gotta be fast paced, but also, uh, make smart moves. So you you don't go flying into the wall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There was a couple. There was a couple pretty <laughs> happened, wild. Happens wreck. quite frequently. <laughs> the, the, yeah, yeah. It seemed it's like definitely... it seemed like Allentown was kind of a little bit more reckless than Atlantic City usually is. At least from what I can remember from last year. And I don't know. Last, last year's Atlantic City we made but... eight, eight cars finish. So uh, yeah, I heard. I have never been. This was my first time doing this stuff. So, and I I've heard Atlantic City's much faster. So I'm excited to get there. Yeah, the racetrack itself at Atlantic City is much, much bigger, so you get higher speeds and, and harder shutdown rates. But uh, I actually gotcha. thought, relatively speaking, both features were clean for indoor racing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Flores and Tommy and, uh, and Joe and Koyak had a good battle going those last few laps. Yeah, any other time I've seen three wide racing when the TQs, somebody usually flips or, or smashes into the fence, <laughs> and they didn't, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really they made up for the Friday night debacle by uh, putting on a hell of a show on Saturday, that's for sure. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we do we do have some Patreon questions, like I mentioned, that I, I think that we'll uh, be able to get a lot more uh, more uh, the answers that we have out of you. Uh, I got to just find yeah. them here because fucking we have – there's a lot of them that are just for us, and if we asked you them, it would make no sense at all. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt Seen says, uh, for Matt, what is your long-term goal for racing, and uh, what has been your favorite <laughs> discipline so far? Long term, I'd I'd say, you know, um, just being able to do it as a job, you know, uh, you see these guys that uh, that can do it for a living. And that's just kind of my dream. Um, At the end of the day, you got to do it your love, um, even if it doesn't make that that amazing money, you know, so I love racing. If I could be at a racetrack every day of the week, I I definitely would. So, um, yeah, I think end of the goal 
end goal. Um, yeah, ma- make it a living. And then uh, discipline. Uh, man, I-, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, th- that's a tough one. <laughs> you can just say 350 supers because that's the right answer. <laughs> I-, I Honestly, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> those, those things, you touch a little bit, you're, you're definitely going for a ride. So you got to... You bet, gotta be uh, on your game with that stuff. I'm talking about—they drive them like fucking street stocks at Star. I bet you don't even know, Matt, that there's an episode from two years ago that's uh, that is named after you and I. Really? Yep. Because I was talking about how when we were racing for the lead at Hudson, um, yeah. we smashed into each other, and, and I don't know who said it, either Brad or Charlie. I said we bang, we were banging Nerf bars, and and nerf one of them bang bars. One of them said Nerf and bang bars, and uh, that was the title <laughs> of the episode that week. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah um that that place is that place is tiny so oh, it's yeah. kind of either touch or i don't know it's bad <laughs> well that's why we ended up, up river well that's why we ended up hitting nerf bars is the front stretch wall at hudson is so jagged and, and ill shape and then i was like i'd rather hit him than the wall so i just smashed into you instead of the wall <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was fun that was a lot of fun it's bad when the car is straight and the wall isn't yeah it's safer to hit a moving car than it is to hit the wall at that place <laughs> yeah that that place is is gotten quite the glow up since the first time uh I know that's all that's all there, they but. got left to fix they've fixed everything else and have made that place into a beautiful little facility they just need to redo the front stretch wall so that it's smooth and flat instead yeah. of like jagged lego blocks that stick out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there used to be no wall down the back stretch and a big old lake so you uh, probably could have ended up down there at one point but uh, <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that series which might not have shown up there back then no but um andy sippy yeah, byron oh sorry no no carry on <laughs> i haven't been back there since uh since the last time me and bobby raced there you ran good. You ran good that day. You'll have to go back one of these times that you're not too busy being a dirt dirt car guy. Yeah, yeah. You know that, that's what sucks about this year. I, I might not be able to race a lot of the super stuff, um, but eventually I, I'd like to get at least a few races. It's just so much fun. Hey, what do you mean? Max had a couple free free off days and went modified racing. So <laughs> I know how busy that schedule is, though. Yeah, and, uh, Matt, I don't well, even know Matt, how he did it. Uh, he didn't run Saturdays this year for this just weekly stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so, so we could open up sometimes. He just ran Burton on Friday. Um, so I, I got two days of two days this weekend or every weekend this summer for dirt stuff. So I'll definitely be locked down. Maybe some Sundays though. <laughs> uh, how, how many races are on that schedule? Um, I did a schedule the other day. Uh, I think I'm going to be racing around 80 times this year <laughs> with the fuck. series and weekly stuff. People out here bitching about 15, 20. You're over here yeah. quadrupling that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a lot. <laughs> you starting the season in Volusia? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, actually, all tech. I, I, we run all tech uh, the first week of February with the short track super series stuff, and then Volusia the next week. Sounds like we'll see you there. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. That's that's going to be a culture shock going from Atlantic City indoor <laughs> racing to uh, out there running dirt stuff in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice coming home from Atlantic City and not having to wash your your race suit. <laughs> that that is true. Or Allentown, I should say. That is true. The other guys, the asphalt guys, have to show up three days before and practice forty eight times before <laughs> they race, though. So <laughs> that's the good thing about indoors; just a two day show, and then you yeah. get features both nights at least. But uh, yeah, I actually I like that a, m- a lot better. Um, I heard what they did last year, and I think this year um, to be heads up two days in a row is definitely a lot better. 
Yeah, it definitely makes sense with how they only have two venues this year um, for, obviously, well, they put dirt in Trenton, but uh, Syracuse was was pretty cool. Bobby and I went there a couple of years ago, and uh, the last yeah. time that they did it, and it was always cool, you know, just having, like, Friday be just a it'll prelim night or whatever, and, and then uh, Saturday just being the features, but now that it's just down to Atlantic City and Allentown, it is cool, especially for a fan. Um, you know, you, people that like to tour, like, travel around and see those or, or just get their racing fixed in the winter, being able to get two feet. <laughs> out of it definitely makes a makes the most of it yeah for sure it makes it worthwhile um back to syracuse i, I wish i wish we were in syracuse again I, I actually went to watch and help my brother frank when he had uh his nye car and uh th- man I, I love that place <laughs> it's definitely nice when you're 10 minutes down the road too but uh <laughs> we had our um, pal uh, but- timmy salamito driving that weekend and timmy inherited the prelim win like three weeks after it happened yeah <laughs> yeah yep Completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the next questions, Andy Sippy Byron uh, says, uh, for Matt, thanks to the concrete issues, did this make one of the better tracks in Allentown with the deeper corners in three and four? I've actually never ran uh, previous, but you know, with that, with that sticky stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to, I shouldn't say it's so hard to spin out because you can spin out. There's no doubt, but um, it definitely helps with the grip. And uh, I like what they do pushing out those tires too, because I probably wouldn't have gotten into the A if I didn't roll the top like I could. So um, I definitely like that they kind of put some rubber out there as well and uh, make it a two-lane racetrack. As I was reading the question, I, I realized that this was your first time running Allentown. But did you have to lean on any other, or did you lean on any of the drivers that had raced there previously? Yeah, I, I texted Flores uh, right, right uh, the week before, and I just just said, "Listen, man, I, I take me around the track a few times and just give me some tips." Um, I think he's the best out there, so to learn from that guy as much as I can, uh, that's that that'll definitely help me succeed. Okay, one of the next questions. Keith Morrill says, uh, for Matt, what was the hardest pill to swallow while racing? Uh, that was the question, actually. I think the, re- the rest is for us. It's a fuck, Mary kill. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. We'll, yeah, we'll save that one for uh, after we uh, stop wasting your time. But, uh, yeah, so what was, like, the hardest pill to swallow in, in any of the races? I, I guess maybe put, getting put on a furniture dolly in the middle of the race. Yeah, yeah it, uh, strictly to Allentown. Um, yeah, probably blown up. You know, I, I thought my week was over. Uh, it sucks to go all that way, spend so much money and, uh, and, and just, just not be able to race. Um, it definitely sucks, but I can't, like I said, I can't thank Bill Pippard enough to find me an engine and then also put it in, um, in less than 24 hours. It's just absolutely insane. But besides Allentown, um, Honestly, I'd probably say Charlotte uh, just a few months before. That was that was stressful, man, go, to go all that way again. And um, we had motor issues, a bad vibration, and uh, just couldn't get it figured out. Um, not saying we had an amazing year, you know, but we, we were always a good car. We always ran good. Even in the series races, we'd always make the show or be a top 10 car. And um, to go down there and, and <laughs> literally be a lap car, it, it, was de- it definitely sucked. But, uh, you get those highs and lows sometimes, so uh, just just got to push through it. Well, that was it for the Patreon questions. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, that I really I I so I didn't know much about you. If we're being honest, this is Charlie talking here. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the the one question I do have for you is uh, it, out of all the things that you you seemingly do have the option to go racing in, and, and you know whether it's super modifieds, or asphalt modifieds, what have you, um, what is it that specifically drew you to the super super dirt car? yeah holy shit super dirt car series and uh is that something that you kind of gravitate towards more with the dirt stuff compared to the asphalt or uh why'd you make that choice specifically yeah i mean it was it was kind of between uh one and two things you know i, I really like the asphalt lane model stuff i know bobby hates it before i say taxi cabs else, but, uh, fucking taxi cab <laughs> racing those things are miserable you can't possibly be having any fun doing you that. know what's even more miserable bob waiting 45 minutes for the race to start yeah, that's that's another thing. You know, you get there at eight a.m. and then you don't hit the track till two. It's just a big hurry up and wait fest. But um, you know, I, I do love them. You know, I don't know what it is. You I just, just haven't I just, raced them long enough. Give it, <laughs> give it a few, give it a few years. You'll never want to get one back in one ever again. Yeah, um, I, I think it was just the ambiance of it being in North Carolina and being with all these big stars that might go NASCAR Truck Series racing and all this. I think it was just super cool to be down there, but. I think really what just dragged me towards the dirt stuff is uh, one thing, family too. Uh, having my brother, like just following my brother's footsteps, you know, he was he was rookie of the year with the super dirt car stuff too. So um, just follow him, and he's he's had a few wins here and there with that stuff. So um, definitely follow him, and it just it's in my backyard. You know, we have we don't really have late models up here. <laughs> we have uh, we have twenty thirty dirt tracks that. Um, are all open either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, so it is, I shouldn't say it's just easy, but it's nice to go down five minutes down the road and be able to race instead of drive three, four hours to, to a racetrack to race once. What are some of the closest racetracks to you? Um, Brewerton is literally like 15 minutes away. I think Fulton same. Um, so those are probably the closest. Uh, yeah, those are probably the closest. How far is Oswego when they fill that with dirt? Because you ran that, didn't you? Yeah, Oswego is about forty minutes from me. Damn, yeah, yep. that's seven hours for me. So, like, I, I understand. <laughs> Quick jaunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All those racetracks I'd never heard of until I saw Max McLaughlin put out a schedule. So, it's good, good to see that I can <laughs> at least still follow this the series and uh, follow those racetracks. Uh, being able to cheer on you this time. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If you guys ever get the time to drive up here, you definitely have to go watch Brewerton. When I tell you it is the best place to race one and to watch, I, I promise you, you will have a blast. I, I, it makes me, every time someone says something like that, you know that they're being so, genuine, especially with three racetracks in 40. And we've 40, done some shit. Well, I mean, we, we've done some shit, but we don't have anything dirt-wise. So oh, really? I'm no. sure. No, the, extent of our, the extent of our dirt is Volusia, unfortunately. There's none of that around here, which sucks because I know... If you know, even being as much as I love super modifieds, you know, if I lived yeah. in your area, I'd have a fucking sprint car or a dirt modified. You wouldn't catch yeah. me at Oswego racing every week. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Oswego. Yeah, it's tough lately with that place, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say comp compared to these two, I, I've seen probably a lot, a little bit more dirt racing than the two of them, and it is a whole different yep. world altogether. Yeah, um, it's a it's whole just, different aspect. That's uh, what makes the indoor stuff really cool too. That is an aspect that I don't. It's it's the 
Like you had this weekend at Allentown, you had dirt guys, you had asphalt guys. Yeah. You had a kid that races fucking drag cars all summer and then has an indoor <laughs> car. So it's like the, yeah, the indoor stuff. <laughs> yeah, Nick, um, I raced legend cars with him back in the day, but I feel yeah. like the, the it's indoors. like a melting pot of racing cultures. Well, I also indoor. feel like yeah, the indoor, super cool. the indoor tr- like track itself is much of like very much an equalizer too. And it does race <clears> like <throat> dirt. Like you have to search, you had to search around and find grip. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like you, some, I, like most of the qualifying that I saw to try is just dive in and then roll to the top where the rubber is. Like that's what I saw a lot, and you don't do that on asphalt a lot. <laughs> that, that's a dirt thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, well. Thanks for your time, Matt. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you're yeah. uh, happy about your should have gone drinking award. Uh, at least you. At least you laughed <laughs> yeah, with I us. Appreciate and it. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I saw Matt. We went uh, after the race this Saturday night. We went out to the hotel bar that all the racers were hanging out at, and I saw you, Matt, and I told you I felt like I needed to give you a hug after this weekend. So. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a tough weekend, but uh, just got to keep pushing. <laughs> Time for it, man. Well, uh, thank you again. Uh, well, sounds like we'll yeah, see you at Atlantic you City, and, and then we'll see you again in Florida. Yeah, we're, we're yes, definitely pumped to see you in Atlantic City, and uh, I believe that last week when we had Skip Flores on, he said that if he goes out there and wins, he's never going to talk to us again, so it sounds like you're going to be our new indoor guy, so best of luck, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> best of luck in Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. Have a good one, right? Awesome. Thanks. Skip is three for three now, isn't he? <clears throat> yeah, well, two well, for two. We'll two see, for... see if he passes the tire test this time. <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, he got, so anyway. so we're we're in the tunnel on Friday, getting ready to go out for one of the practices, and he comes over, um, and he says, "Who's says to me, who's the other guy on the show? I said, Brad. He goes, no, the other one. I said, Charlie. So what the fuck's his problem? And I'm like, what? He's like, saying I ran 27th in an SK race at Stafford. I said, he didn't say that. I did. And I said, and you did. And he's like, what? Yeah, but come on. Now, <laughs> so I'm getting in trouble for shit that you said. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's I owned what, it. That that always happens on this show, though. You know, <clears throat> I feel like everyone just takes a ricochet shot at some point. Mm. But uh, no, we actually we, we weren't going to tell Skip this because it might hurt his feelings. But uh, we were going to get Matt on last week's show. Um, thought that uh, he'd be a good guest. Well, maybe he would have won. But yeah, maybe maybe his weekend would have been a little bit better. Just so tough. It, it was so. Obviously, like I like I mentioned, we were going to try to get him on, and I know that you know him and I follow each other. And we're friends on on uh, all the social media platforms, so I follow what he's doing. And uh, so, um, like I mentioned, well, I, he blew like he mentioned he blew up on night one, um, and then I was all pumped when he was going out there and uh, making the race through the B main. And uh, it was just, it was tough. It was one of those, because you go to these like indoor races, right? And so there's so many slingshots, so many carts, and like you don't really know many of them. Maybe there's a couple, a handful that you know. And then you know a decent amount of the TQ guys, but not like personally or not like on a friend basis. Like you, the, there's a lot of names that you know. And then there's a lot of, there's a handful of people that you're friends with, obviously. But you know, so when, when he was out there, I was, I was pulling for him. And then <laughs> just, his race goes green, and or the race the race didn't even go green, like you mentioned as well. Uh, just sitting there in lineup and just broke. Yeah, they barely broke. went one <laughs> lap after driver introduction. The right, you see the thing just hit the floor, and the right front's like forty five <laughs> degrees of camber. I'm like, Perfect. oh fucking god! There is nothing worse than just putting all. It's, I mean, obviously the people that listen to this show and 
and even us, like we, we all understand the preparation that goes into just even showing up at the racetrack and there is nothing worse. And we've all had days like that. Bobby, you've had them. I've certainly had them where you just show up and everything has gone wrong before you even open up the trailer. Should have gone drinking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this just, uh, it, it's not the, the fun way to do it, but it, it's bound to happen when you do it long enough. And uh, sounds like uh, so we, Matt uh, needs a beer. So we went back on Saturday, raced again. Um, once again, obviously, I helped Matt Janish. Um, made the car better from the night before, made a couple of changes. You know, Matt's really smart with that stuff. And uh, we started on the pole of our heat race and uh, won it by default. Um, kind of funny. Uh, Matt Swanson was in his heat and uh, Justin Williams, uh, our good pal, he was uh, in the mosh pit with me. And they're coming down the back stretch and, you know, doing the engine revving and getting ready to go green. And I just put my arm around Justin and I goes, I hope whatever happens between our friends here, we can still be friends. And then I think he punched me. But <laughs> So uh, Swanson uh, rolled the top on Matt Janish and won the heat race um, by the naked eye. And we get back to the, the garage area and our Matt Janish, my Matt Janish, he says, uh, well, I think we end up winning the heat race. Matt Swanson was too wide. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. But, like, that is something they check every single time you're on the scales. They, they have a little, like, L or a square gauge that they put over the tires. Uh, so we knew that. Well, they, no one ever told Matt or his guys. Um, Anthony Cecily is Matt Swanson's team car. Well, he had gotten wiped out in his heat race, so he had to go through the B main. So they were going down to the lineup board to see where they were starting in their B main and see Matt Swanson's name on the other B main. And they're like, what, what the fuck? We literally won our heat race, so they uh, somehow found out uh, from somebody that they they were too wide. And how the, did they not find out in the moment? Nobody told them there was. A, so what it is is you roll up onto the scale tip like it's just a diamond plate pad, and they weigh you, and you get a thumbs up from the scale master, and then the guy goes behind the car with the gauge and gave him a thumbs down to the officials and told him to go. No one ever told Matt. Mm. But where Matt Janish was right behind him, he saw right. the whole thing go down, so he knew because he could see it. But they never told anyone on their crew. Jeez, so pretty, that makes yeah. for a long fucking day. Yeah, yeah and, and unfortunately for Swanson, um, got he got spun out right yeah. running up front and or okay yeah. So those guys had uh, the the Kluth team putting all those guys. They had it. Um, their cars now they they have the shorter tires. So they call them ten inch cars. Well, they had a thirteen inch car and they sold it uh, this off season to uh, Tyler Ferris and uh, who do you think wiped out Matt in the concert? Tyler Ferris. <laughs> yeah, sure did. He, uh, Matt drove around him on the top and was going to clear him and Tyler just buried the thing in over his head, hit the tractor tires and smashed into Matt, spun them both out. And, and uh, I've jokingly said on this show before, you know, when you clean somebody out, you just say, I never touched him. Well, Tyler did that. Matt was like, you're a fucking idiot or said something to him. And Tyler's like, I never touched you. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you about <laughs> fucking hit him in the head with your right front. You drove it in so deep, but um, unfortunately, Matt had to start last, and he got back to fourth, but they were taking three, so um, tough. Unfortunately, Matt didn't make the race on uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, Matt shouldn't have, but he did come drinking with us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks when they definitely had a car that could compete for a win. Just that's the way it goes sometimes, so it was a bummer for... It's the way of the road, Bubs. Was, was the uh, way Stranger of the road. buddy. Um, yeah, so we, uh, yeah. The, we'll talk about the slingshots um, and maybe even the champ cards and the, the Patreon questions. I do have a, uh, this is my Grinds My Gears. This is the pre-Saturday um, Grinds My Gears where, <clears throat> so I wake up Saturday, obviously we go out, Bob and, and everyone, we go out to the, the bar, grab 
some food and just try to start the day as anyone would. Um, practice starts around, what, two, I think. So we went back to the room and we're hanging out. And uh, Amanda goes, so did you get tickets for tonight? And I was like, no. And she's like, you don't have tickets for tonight? And I was like, no. And I was like, I'm probably just going to go buy a pit pass because like I feel guilty that I didn't get one yesterday. Like I'm just going to get one today anyways, like because I do need to go sell some shirts in the pits and kind of wander around do whatever. So I'm like, I'm going to go buy a pit pass. She's like, all right. And so she's like, well, probably just makes sense if I get a ticket. And I was like, well, I'm leaving like right now to go get a pit pass. She's like, all right, well, I'll just come with you and get one. So we go down to the hotel lobby, take the elevator down to the lobby, walk outside. It's now freezing rain slash sleeting, and it is windy as a motherfucker. So we walk out of the front gate or front door of the hotel, hang a right, walk, I don't know, quarter of a mile or not probably a quarter of a mile. It, It was probably over a quarter of a mile from the hotel in the blistery fucking freezing, sleeting, windy fucking bullshit all the way out to the road. Hang a right, look all the way down. You can't see any sort of trailer. People have been telling me there's this trailer somewhere. I'm like, all right, I have no fucking idea. So we're looking down, and man, I was like, yeah, I think it's like down one of these streets. So we're looking, couldn't find it. Went a little bit further down past like two streets, couldn't find it. And then we end up taking a right and walking down another side of the building. And then we see a sign like super in the distance, but it's like so windy and like shit's just hitting your face. You're like, oh, fuck. You're like, I think that's it. So we walk all the way down see the trailer finally walk over to the trailer and I'm like just shaking off. I'm just wearing a sweatshirt. Like I didn't think that it was going to be a fucking, I did a rod to go try to find the goddamn trailer. <laughs> so we get there and I'm like, uh, yeah, just uh, two pit passes, please. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, they're not going to take fucking card. They are just not going to take fucking card. And I'm like, you guys don't take before she even said a word. I was like, you know, you guys don't take cards, do you? And she's like, no, there's an ATM like up the street, down around the corner. And I'm like, no. And I literally just <laughs> walked away, walked all the way back down the same jaunt that we just did back into the hotel, fucking dried off, went back up to the room, down the elevator, took a right, walked right through the black doors that we didn't pay for a pit pass the entire weekend. in. <laughs> he just fucking hung out there for the like the rest of the practice session. Then they're doing the fan fest or whatever. So I'm like, all right, like now I need to go to the grandstands. Very easy Friday night to go from the pits to the grandstands. There's literally an elevator. You go up. There you are. Perfect. Right? So then the next day, there's you have to use the stairs because the elevator is broken. Like, all right, whatever. So we end up doing our business in the pits, go out to the pit party, whatever, come back into the pits. We're still in the fucking pits. Go up the stairs, get into the grandstands, like literally where we had been the entire Friday night or Friday, like before we went up to the suites and the guy goes, ah, you guys need a pit pass. I was like, we're in the grandstands. He's like, yeah, but you need a pit pass. I'm like, I'm literally standing right behind the seats that overlook the racetrack. I'm like, we already scanned our tickets. Like we, we don't have pit passes. And he's like, well, you got to turn around and leave. And I'm like, this fucking place makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> so I, we turned around and we just went to the fucking... Well, that makes a little more sense than the rest of the stuff because you came from the pit area. Y- yeah, but like, in, we, like you, nobody with a grandstand ticket would be coming from where you came from. But it wasn't like they stopped me at the door. Like they stopped me like I was past the door, like a little bit past the bathrooms and like behind where like general the general public was like walking and like standing and watching the fucking track or whatever because i guess it was just they're still cleaning up from the uh, pit party but i was like what the fuck is going on so we just left and went to the bar instead and went in (laughs) 
Went to Chickie and Pete's, one of the worst establishments, I think. Um, yeah, on that the place. There's one of those in Atlantic City, and I went one year and really wasn't impressed. And at the PPL Center in Allentown, it's it's like in the building, like it's in the arena, so everybody goes there. And, and we, I'd gone there with Austin Beers and a couple other Jeff Champagne, Jake Trainer. And I was like, Ugh. I looked at their menu that had like six options. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I remember why I didn't so like weird. this place. It was like chicken tenders, like, and then like below it, it's like chicken tenders, but with buffalo sauce. And then yeah. below it, it's like, it's like chicken, chicken tenders, <laughs> but then you can get like ranch or like barbecue sauce. And you're like, is that, that's it? And that's like, like, that's the it's options. Like chicken tenders on bread. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. It was and, very strange. And lots of crab fries. Yeah. All kinds of, everybody gets fucking fries and i don't know how they do like the people that come out and give you your actual food but we had eight people come over and ask us if we ordered fries and we never once ordered fries and like, you are a big fry guy and I'm, if i was i would have taken the fries but <laughs> the no, i was just like are, no. are pretty good they're, no. they're crinkle yeah. cut and they, they put a little crab seasoning on them yeah so so we end up we, that we, probably doesn't suck we ended up staying there as long as we possibly could because we were watching the steelers game with with justin and mindy and then we're like, all right, let's go get tickets. Like, I'm definitely not going to get a pit pass now. Like, the races are about to go green. I was like, let's just go get tickets. So I'm like, that's probably super easy. We walk up to the front door. There's 84 doors. There's a bunch of people. The, the ladies inside are, like, waving us in. Like, oh, come on in. Come in this door. We're like, all right. So we come in. I have a backpack on. There's literally just T-shirts in it. I take all of them out just to show them. And they like, go through, like, all the girls' purses, whatever. We take all of our stuff out, push it through. We go through the metal detectors. And then, like, 15 feet later, they're like, where's your ticket? And we were like, well, we're coming to buy tickets. And they're like, oh, you have to go back outside and nah. then go to the left. And then there's like two other doors and there's someone in there that can help you. And I was just like, you got to take an elevator. Jesus uh. fucking <laughs> uh, like at this point, I am like pissed because like I had just calmed down from like the original debacle. And now it's just like, <laughs> now like there was, in the building. There was kindling and there's gasoline poured on top of it. So then we go in and like you were down to the last embers. I'm one of those. I'm like one of those people that like I internally am so fucking pissed, but I will never cause a scene because like I just don't even know how you get to that point. Oh boy, we got to that point. So <laughs> we walk up to the window. It's Taylor, Amanda, and I. We need pit passes or we need uh, grandstands tickets, whatever. So we walk up. There's a nice lady helping out someone else. So the next guy that's available waves us on. So Taylor goes, can I just get one ticket, please? And the guy's like, <laughs> and she's like, what did he say? And I was like, I have no idea. Just tell him that you need one ticket, the cheapest ticket possible. She's like, I need one ticket, cheapest ticket possible. The guy's like, and she's like, what did he just say? I was like, I have no idea. Just is she, this guy pulls from out away? No, he was like, oh, okay. he was very much just like a, uh, speaking into a pillow. Yeah, he, ah. yeah. His <laughs> my, his speaker was just completely blown out or something. So she pulls out a twenty. And I'm like, you're definitely going to need more than that. So she puts down the 20 and the guy's just standing, like sitting there waiting. And I was like, you need more than that. So she puts down another 20. So what he, what it sounded like was 2550. Very weird ticket price, but it sounded like. And I was like, I think he said 25. Just give him 25. <laughs> like whatever. So she gives 40 bucks and the guy's like. I was like, I think he's asking you for exact change. And she's like, exact change? And he just nods up and down. I was like, oh my God, he needs 50 cents from you. Like, I was like, are, she's like, are these 40, 50? And I was like, I have no idea. So she's like, um, yeah. So she's like searching through her purse, finally finds 50 cents, like give them to the guy. He gives gives the tickets. So it was $40 and 50 cents. No, it was, it, 
she, the guy said 2550. Like we asked over and over again and it was always <laughs> and we're like, okay, like 2550. Perfect. Whatever. I, I would we have got just, it. I would have just walked right in. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I would have been like, I tried. Yeah, we should have just tried. <laughs> I, I tried. We should have tried the black doors again. So then I step up and I'm like, yeah, I need the exact same thing. Just two of the cheapest tickets that you got. And he's like, I'm like, two general admission. And he just nods. And I'm like, yes, just cheapest seats that you could possibly get. And he's like, okay, like knowing eighty five fifty. I'm like knowing full, <laughs> knowing full well that he just said twenty five fifty. Early spot on there, Charlie. Asked oh, for, oh really? <laughs> asked for fucking fifty cents because it was twenty five fifty. So then I'm like, okay, so math, naturally math, it's going to be fifty one dollars for Amanda and I. So I have fifty one dollars ready because Taylor just went through this whole debacle and I'm not fucking dealing with this guy. Slide fifty one dollars <laughs> under the thing. The guy grabs it. Starts like fucking around on his computer with my money in his hand, and he goes, What? He's like, I'm like, What are you telling me? And Amanda goes, I think he's saying he needs another $20. And I'm like, I'm not giving him another fucking $20. The tickets were just $25.50. And he goes, I'm like, he is asking me for 20. I'm not giving him $20. Like, what the fuck is he? I'm like, no. And Amanda goes, is there any reason why the tickets just went up in price? Yeah, they need to buy a new speaker. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not giving you $20. And he's like, I'm like, dude, it was just 25 for her. So then Taylor leans in and goes, my ticket was just 25.50. Why is there's like 31 fi-? or whatever she was saying? And the guy was just like, I'm like, dude, all right, whatever. Just fucking give me, like, I just slide $20 underneath. And now he's, like, fucking around with a computer. And he just starts, like, trying to talk. Like, he is, <laughs> he's now mad at us. And he is, like, now yelling at us through the speaker. But it's all just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, just give me my fucking ticket. I already paid. <laughs> and he gives me my ticket. And I turned around. And I'm like, that guy is fucking unreal. Because now there's a huge line behind us. And the guy was yelling at us as we were fucking walking out. And he's just like, <laughs> like, dude, all right. Like, I like sure. turned around. Yeah, and like, ta- Taylor's just like, I'm going to go back there and stick my hand through that fucking thing and punch him in the face. And I'm like, hey, you literally should. Like, the biggest headache to get a ticket I've ever had in my entire life in that building. And uh, not nothing to do with the racing series. It's just whoever was working the fucking front desk. But, uh, yeah, I like I finally got That's to the point. karmic retribution for not buying a pit pass the day I, before. I had to get yeah, I got your back. I finally got, <laughs> finally got to my breaking point where I was just like, dude, I already gave you my fucking money. Give me my ticket. And he finally, like, slid it under. And then he just started yelling at me. And we just turned around and walked away. They couldn't hear what he was saying anyways. I would have loved to have a conversation with him in front of all those people. But... Like, <laughs> They shouldn't have been all those he people. Might as well the have, all he might as well have been you. from a different country, but yeah, uh, yeah it was. It so was he wasn't from away though. No, from from yeah. right here. It was, he just had a sock over his microphone or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he has come in a lot. That's tough. Very very crunchy. Well, he does microphone. sell tickets at the PPL yeah. Center, so he does. Uh, so the rest of the races on Saturday night. I got up. Uh, me and beers and uh, beers and I. You get it. We we went up. We, we had to go watch the B features because the B features are the show. So we uh, we just told you about how Swanson's B feature went. Unfortunately, uh, Anthony Cecily's in the second one. He started on the front row, drove to the lead because he's one of the fastest cars there. Got hit on a on the start by somebody, and I give him credit. He drove two and a half laps with the left rear. Uh, started by going flat, then it started by uh, 
dismounting, and then it just started coming apart like confetti. Mm. And he was still digging sideways in the middle of the straightaway, holding everybody up. Guys are driving over each other to not drive over him. And eventually they threw a caution because now the tire is just gone. It's just down to the wheel <laughs> at this point. And, and uh, he got a, he got a, at least got a provisional uh, for the night. Unfortunately, Matt Swanson didn't. In the the go karts, I don't. The, the the champ carts, you they just it didn't seem like there was much competition. I don't know. There wasn't really many of them. They only had one B main. They made them. They switched them to clone motors this year, yeah. and so they don't have that that crisp sound that the animals had. And then, and then they just looked slow. I don't know if if it's just placebo effect because they have less power, but they didn't look that <laughs> that fast. And the in the the separation in speed was like you had the carts that. We're good enough to run up front in the B main, and then you had guys getting lapped four laps into the B main, and there was only like eight of them out there. But uh, I don't think anything exciting happened there. The slingshot B mains, I was going to go back down to the pit area because like, I don't know anybody that runs the slingshots. I don't really care. And Austin's like, what are you doing? This is, this is a fucking race of the weekend right here. There's like 20 of them in the B main. <laughs> and uh, he was right. It was the race of the weekend. Um, some yellow buddy number 27 they uh, they eventually gave him the black flag, and I'm like a, I'm an umpire going, "You're out of here!" As they <laughs> furniture dolly him off the race. He crashed into everything, then um, pumped up the crowd in the cool down zone. Yeah, the, yeah. The <laughs> first time they warned him, he's he's flapping his arms out the windows trying to get the crowd pumped up, and, and then goes out there and proceeds to hit 18 more things and <laughs> got God, wheeled yeah, off on a furniture dolly. And there was another guy. So the slingshots don't turn right like at all. Um, especially on the slippery parts of the floor, never mind the grippy parts. So the guy's coming out of the tunnel. I think it was a red number six. And there's a guy standing on the front bumper trying to get some weight on the thing to get it to turn. And the guy's going to jump off at the last minute, except he falls off at the last minute <laughs> and eats shit and almost fucking gets ran over by the fucking car. And and if you didn't know any better, you'd, you would have thought it was an official because it looked like they were wearing like a firefighter black and neon yellow like jacket, like a, or a firefighter or a tow truck driver or something. But no, that was the guy's fire suit. This guy was a driver of one of the <laughs> slingshots and had his fire suit like made to look like that. Um, what a move. Yeah, so that guy ended up on his ass. <laughs> and then for uh, that guy. And then another slingshot barrel rolled into the fence in that B-Main. Um which I actually thought the guy was going to keep going because it didn't look like it hurt the car at all. Um, the roof hatch deployed mid-flight <laughs> like, they're, like they're designed to do. Uh, but it ended up that guy was, I guess, more wrecked than it looked. And, uh, mm. and I didn't see the champ card or slingshot feature. Um, we'll get into the slingshot yeah. feature here in a second. We might as well start with the Patreon yeah, we'll co- just, we'll questions from, uh, from first to most recent because uh, it helps us get into the... Uh, Slingshot deal pretty uh, early. Uh, Tyler Bauer says, does wearing a BFP hat on a date get you guaranteed? Hat on a date guarantee you to get laid. That was spelt right, and I just fucked that all up. But uh, no, no. I'm going to say that, no, if you, if you wear it on the first date, I'm going to assume she's probably just not going to show up. Yeah. It's not going to be the hat. It's just going to be the luck Certainly hat. don't Certainly don't tell her she's, you're wearing a hat that's from a podcast. Well, like, she, she's just going to assume that that means big fucking penis and you're only setting yourself oh, up. Oh, yeah, say it means that and then you're going to get laid. Yeah. Ooh, actually, yeah. Yeah, if you if you pull that card, yeah. And if it's if it's one of like the new hats that just say like BFP with like the headphones and the beer mm. or the uh, we have another patch of patch hats coming that just have the alternate logo, you're probably safe with those ones. But uh, the original beer logo ones, um, it's probably not great for the first date. Mm. Second date, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so Peter Horzeppa says... Uh, Hor- Horzeppe. Horzeppe, yes. yes. 
He did say today or this past weekend when I met him that he loves when we fuck his name up. So <laughs> Charlie didn't even know that we had met him and uh, he just went with it. Jorge I didn't Pat. realize. So he was messaging the page um, while we were at the racetrack and I get all the message notifications, but it, I knew like Brad was having a conversation with him. But at one point I looked and there's just six messages in a row from this guy. And I'm like, what in the fuck does this guy want? And then I open it to see it's an active conversation. (laughs) It does fuck me up too. Because the same thing, like I only see what they're sending. I don't see if one of you are like responding. So I'm like, Mm. fucking leave me alone. (laughs) I said to Brad, did you meet up with that guy? Brad's like, yeah, we sat at the bar at Chicky and Pete's. I'm like, oh. Oh, that makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he says, uh, what were your favorite parts of the trip? Favorite car from each and favorite car from each class. Um, My favorite part of the trip. I don't think I'm qualified to answer this question. Would probably be. I mean, you just got to go. Yelling at the ticket guy. No. Got to got to just go with just chilling in the suite and having beer available and just uh being able to overlook everything. Did kind of feel like a big shot there for quite a while. There was a bunch of companies and then it was just fucking us <laughs> idiots. So yeah, and they put a sign on the door that said to Jake Rogers group, so it's like sounded <laughs> really? like we're like an insurance firm or something. <laughs> Law firm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was probably my my favorite part of the trip, and then I didn't go. The, the so, Great War of Allentown. I, the Great I, War. Of I didn't go, but I will say that uh, Skip's car is one of the sexiest looking race cars of all time. Skip's car is the nicest looking DQ, I think. In uh, but just like the black white with the little bit of gold, just mm-hmm. clean. Yeah. Briggs Danner had a brand new car built. They didn't have that mm-hmm. great of a weekend, but that thing looked pretty rad. Matt's yeah. car looked really good. It was a uh, orange throwback to. Um, so his, Matt wasn't the two. No, he was a 48 back. It's his, it's his own car, his own number. And gotcha. um, his wife is a Bouchard. So it was a throwback to um, a, one like Ron Bouchard, one of his modifieds. Um, so it was like orange and black and gold. Looked yeah. pretty, looked pretty sweet. And there was, there was some good looking TQs there. Um, the, I don't really have a favorite cause I don't really care which one's my favorite. And I don't, I didn't watch the thing starts as a champ card. So, yeah, the uh, slingshots. I I actually liked the metallic looking one, um, just because that's the one I remember. Um, There's always one girl that brings a slingshot, and I noticed it this year. She puts her cats on the on the side. <laughs> 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 All right, she got crashed in the B main. That, that makes sense. Bad day for the cats car. <laughs> did, the car did not have nine lives. No. Uh, the the metallic looking one. I think it was a '68 or something like that. Um, that'd be my favorite slingshot and champ cards. Bah. The guy that won. Yeah, the guy that um, Adam Dion and Mike Sullivan and Mike Perry were helping. Brandon Dizzy, just by default. Yes, that guy. <laughs> it's number 13, too. So <clears throat> That guy. Uh, he also says, uh, why did Polly get screwed? Kid is amazing. Won that race all day. He didn't win the race because he didn't cross the line. Um, so He didn't win the race <laughs> all day either because he had just got to the lead and then got So, slingshot Saturday night. Uh, we're in the tunnel getting ready for the race. Um so a kid by the name of Matt Mertz um, takes the lead, or they were based, they were racing for the lead. And uh, what did uh, Paulie got by him late in the race? He did, yeah. Paul Harwick the third little kid. He uh, won a six hundred two race at uh, North Wilkesboro last year. He won the pole for the Ice Slip three hundred in the Tour Mods this year. Kid's uh, making quite a name for himself um, in this racing world. So he uh, he takes the lead, and they're coming around to take the checkered, and he uh, he blew it into three a little hard, a little high, and kind of washed out of the groove, but got into the grip coming out of four. So this this Matt Mertz kid got a run, and and where Hartwig kind of missed the bottom, he had to make like a hard cut off of four to get back into the racing this groove. In the TQs, right? Uh, slingshots. Slingshots, okay. So this, this Matt kid uh, got a nose on him, and 
was there racing for the win. Well, Hartwick steers left to get back to the groove and Matt Murph spins him out. And then the kid in third, I think it's Neary, something yeah. Neary. Um, they split him as he's spinning, but Mertz crosses the line at first, Neary second. And Hartwig's stopped in the middle of the racetrack backwards, never crosses the line. Okay. And So what's the question? The So the crowd goes nuts, right? Everybody's hoorahing. So we, we all run out to the to the tunnel opening to see what's going on, and we're watching the Jumbotron. Well, they award the win to Hartwig, who got dumped leading, um, and they penalized Mertz, the 97. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going... Okay, I'm a race director. How I'm going to call that is, yeah, that sucks, bud, but you, you got spun out, but you didn't cross the line, so sorry. Like, that's, go probably go. So they just gave him the win? Go probably wreck the guy that, that spun you out. Definitely going to penalize the guy that spun you out. To me, the kid that finished third is the winner. That's just the way it goes sometimes. That is correct. correct. Yeah. And that's the way they did it after about five minutes. And after they had already rolled out victory lane and pictures, and Paul gets out and does a, a cage stand and waves the flag, and did they interview him? Uh, no, they never they get that. They didn't get it that far. No, no. So, in in this seems like a big fuck up from from the crowd. It really wasn't. So obviously, watching, I was sitting on the opposite side of the track, but you could see everything that was going on, and and I'm cheering for Polly Hartwick because I know that I've seen the kid. His dad is electric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and we were all kind of joking in the tunnel, go, man, if they take this race away from Hartwig, fucking big Hartwig is going to burn this building down before yeah. the TQs even get rolled out for the future. <laughs> I remember the first time in Atlantic City, he did something happened. Every year. It's every year. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got out of that thing. I don't even know how he squeezed himself into it, but he got out of that fucking slingshot and started causing a scene on the racetrack. He was going to fight somebody. And his they they literally, one fucking... of the years, they were rolling him off the racetrack on the furniture dolly, and an official was holding the roof hat shut because he was trying to get out of it. <laughs> so so this is exactly like how how it was happening was Polly takes the lead. I'm cheering for Paul. I want this kid to win the race. Well, then he overshoots the corner like Bobby said, gets spun out, finishes if he finished it would have been third. But he stopped in the middle of the racetrack even after they come back by, they go back by another time. Like he is still sitting in the middle of the racetrack like it, to the naked eye to a normal race fan, he has not even crossed the finish line. The crowd is going nuts for the finish. The, the crowd, some of the crowd was booing, but then for the most part, everyone is now cheering for the finish, assuming that they're going to DQ Mertz and then that other kid, whatever is going to be the, the winner. Well, then they, they announce over the loudspeaker, well, the win, the win is going to Polly Hartwig. And then the crowd starts booing because that's not at all what happened. So everyone's just like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like he finished, he, if, he, if he finished, it would have been third. Well, and, and so second, if they penalized the 97. And right, yeah. So you're sitting there like, what the fuck? And then, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's if he they, crossed. They the must line. have. They must right, have. He didn't. The, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's but, last. But the thing was, is that I think that the transponders on, on those things are mounted on the back of them, like on the back of the wing or something like that. Like I was sitting with Swanson, and that's what he was saying. He's like, the back of, of that wing might have gone across the timing and scoring before Leary actually right, passed. Right, 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 right. Because the, the transponder uh, line is a car length away from the actual line. Like, yeah, and yeah. so I think, I, but even still, like watching it over and over and over and over again, like this kid got to the line way before Polly Hartwig did. Like he, it was, it was right the right call to give the, the transponder. Line is before the actual because right, they put him on the it's no different than our car right where the transponders yeah. are on the back of the car but where he was rolling backwards he went just far enough to set the transponder off but didn't go any it's further like an eye racing when you do like a three second lap you're like yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah wait a minute so so basically i mean he, he didn't actually get screwed um he should have finished second he crossed the line 
third uh, if he did officially cross the line. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was good and uh, he was fast, probably the fastest car there. But yeah, just uh, ended up getting into that little scuffle at the end, coming off of four and um, should have finished second and did so. Uh, and then he also says weapon of the week is Putnam in the six B for hitting like five cars and running over a guy in the tunnel. Like, well, that was the story was I just told like you. He didn't, Putnam? he didn't run over the guy in the tunnel. No, I think the kid's name is Brett Putnam. Oh, um, but yeah, he didn't run that guy over. That guy fell off his car cause he was riding <laughs> on it like a furniture dolly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I read that as in like Dave Putnam and that also makes sense. So <laughs> he also says, uh, nice to meet you, Brad. It was nice to meet you as well. Uh, his son had, uh, snapped a flag. Apparently one of the, they had these, there's a little Jose pay. Uh, yes, they uh, they had these the sex. They, had, <laughs> they had these flags that had the whole stick like light up, and uh, Amanda was saying how sick they were and how she really needed one. And apparently, this kid got one and then snapped it in half, and so he had to go back to the store and buy one. But uh, uh, nice little kid, got to give him a little knuckles on the way out. Um, next here? He also says uh, next year we need to do a podcast live from the sixty nine news studio at PPL Center. There is 69 news plastered all over that fucking yeah. building. Yes, there is. And there is a Sippy, studio yeah. like right next to Tim Hortons. Sippy sent me a BFP picture of that the first day news. he was there. Mm. Uh, Nick Ventura uh, asks. He's got six Six parts. questions. Uh, Can you do that? Yes. Some, some, are, some are comments. Uh, one, it was awesome to meet you guys, and I need to buy a round in AC. We will let you do that. Did he not on Friday? Sure. I don't think so. He paid for a lot of our skeet ball games. He, we did play a lot of skeet ball on Friday night. <laughs> he, put, he put a 20 into the, the sensor thing in the bar that we went to or the system, whatever. And he swiped the card and it gives you like a thousand credits <laughs> if you put a 20 in there, I guess. So he was just playing, paying for skeet ball over and over and over again. Yeah, so this kid was messaging um, me on Snapchat. We went to the bar Friday night at this place called Sports and Social right across the street. Like, we could see it from our hotel room. And uh, I was all fucking in my indoor feels because indoor racing usually ends in heartbreak most of the time. So I just need a fucking beer and need to chill out for a second. And uh, he was messaging me. I, I put up a snap story. I was like, this is what racing indoors makes me want to do full time. And it was just a picture of a beer. And he was like, oh, I'm right there with you, man, because he was helping the Catalanos. And obviously they had a tough night. I think two of their cars blew motors this weekend because there was like eight of them. And then you know, Tommy should have won or could have won on, on Friday night. And uh, and so we're Snapchat. I don't know who this kid is. I just see his Nick with a checkered flag. And I just assume, yeah, somebody that probably listens to the show or whatever. And, and um uh, Oh, he was at the same bar. So I nice. eventually found him and started hanging out with him. Love that. Yeah, he did want to buy shots, but they were uh, he was going to do Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and they were all out of Fireball. So um, we opted that was out tough. of that. So, so we'll definitely let, let you buy around an AC. Uh, second part was, uh, what the fuck was Andy J's walkout shit he did? <sighs> so uh, it's a little light in the loafers, huh? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I already know the boy uh, can't throw, so what? That's, that's an stuff. indoor, uh, indoor, in, it, it's indoor joke from uh, for me and Brad there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, he had was, like some, I don't know, some like Frank Sinatra, like classical music, and he did this little like dance where it, it's on his page. Like he's proud of it. Like he, he really, he claimed, he's like, we didn't win the race, but we won the driver intros. And like I looked at Austin Beers, and we're both just like what the fuck and i don't want to see anyone get hurt in indoor racing but i'm like i want to see him rip the right front off on the first lap like it, it was way it went on for I, way too long the only it, problem yeah. i have with it is that i feel like it's just too much of an act at this point it's like, like you're, just, you're probably weird but nobody's really that fucked up like the I most other, the most eccentric like because every driver gets a walkout song right it's it's kind of like the race at the dome like billy pouch like stopped and like pumped the crowd up a couple times other than that everyone else just walks out stone-faced 
and throws a t-shirt because they give t-shirts to throw. And Andy J goes and does didn't even throw a t-shirt out mm. probably because he can't. Well, we've seen him throw before. He barely makes it to row one in the grandstands. <laughs> I don't think he even made it to row one in Atlantic yeah. City. And, and did that, and I, we're all just like, what in the fuck was that? And led I to, I led, see this now. led uh, one of our friends to tell a story about uh, Ted Christopher saying, hey, yeah, God, kid's a little light in the loafers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, uh, slingshots <laughs> are the biggest weapons in the pit area. These kids are, are to the deck going through the pits. And then uh, you got them fighting in the pits after the B-Main. I know. I, I told Austin we should have got down to the to the garage area quicker after the B-Main because there had to have been some fights. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they let it, with that, which is the first time I've ever seen this. You can drive back to your pit stall in the parking garage. Normally, every indoor race, yeah. you got to shut it down in the tunnel and dolly it in. So there was guys ripping fucking. And he's right. The slingshots were hauling ass because they had to drive up a level. So they come off the racetrack, and you see them just go firing up the fucking ramp. Like, <laughs> that and the go-karts, they were hauling ass up there. I'm like, dude, somebody's going to get run the fuck over up there if you're not paying attention. Uh, he says, uh, number four, nothing like the 15-year-old that won the TQ racing. I was only supposed to practice it. We touched on that. It was fucking wild. Uh, he says, five, one thing we found out is don't let me take pictures because <laughs> the ones I sent to Bobby look like I took them on a flip phone from 2005. Yeah, we were taking group photos uh, when we were standing around the skee-ball machines because Brad set high score on both machines. <laughs> so we took like a victory lane style picture around it. <laughs> I did. I won uh, both features and the $10,000 bonus. Uh, six, why? Why is everyone mad that the slingshot kid didn't win? He got dumped and then finished third. They DQ'd the guy that dumped him, which is the right call, but you can't just give the kid the win because he got dumped. That's not, that's just racing. And, and that's the just... only correct opinion on that uh, incident. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Morrill, the uh, fuck, Mary kill we mentioned with Mac Pereira was a uh, fuck, Mary kill Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump. Probably just kill all three of them. Honestly, uh, I'm gonna marry Donald Trump for the long haul. Yeah, entertaining um, for sure. Probably just fuck Vladimir Putin. Yeah, King Jong Un just seems crazy, so we can probably just kill him. Yeah, yeah. Vladimir That's and right Kim, Vladimir probably is the right one to fuck. Yeah. Uh, anyway, seems like a good time. Like, <laughs> yeah. rides horses shirtless in like, Soviet Russia. Vodka drink you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck. Uh, Liam Flynn says question for Bobby: If you had the opportunity to drive uh, Kenny Reese's three. Three to one super modified, three wheels on one side. Would you do it? Yeah, so this is a super modified. These guys built it. had three tires on the right side and one on the left side. That's, Tim Richmond drove it. That sounds like um, it wouldn't turn very well. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> didn't go worth a fuck. I don't think it ever even stayed together. Uh, I mean, I would try it, but I would also uh, question the brains or lack thereof on the guy that designed it because if you... The the rules say you have to have four tires on it. That's not wrong. Do you think you were the first one to think of putting three on there? No, because it wouldn't work. Mm. and it didn't work the mm. thing was awful i'm just trying to figure out like what the thought process even is i mean if you could have five tires you'd put three on the right side like I mean, you need yeah, something guess, to hold the left front up <laughs> yeah nothing, nothing <laughs> held the left front up and that's where the motor goes on a super modified. I was to say you, you have what like 77 <laughs> percent left side <laughs> weight yeah uh, mason dunn likes to take a rocket shot and says bobby will drive anything that lacks a starter you're right midgets sprint cars super modifieds um mm. I'll they're fucking, all cool I'll, race cars i just i lost the starter in my ford ranger in high school so i had to park it on a hill <laughs> every time i want to jump start it I, fuck, i'll drive anything <laughs> fuck uh alex krakowski says uh, how would one go about partaking in the alleged discord night in america black flag playroom yeah black flag playroom um uh, I don't know how I you, think you have even to get join. an invite from somebody that's yeah, in it. Yeah. Message Tom, the modified guy for the link. Yeah, I, was yeah. Gonna say, <laughs> so I don't, I don't even know, know how to use it. I don't, I don't even know. know how I don't to, even know how much I'll be on. To be honest, I seem like I have something going on every night this week. I say so. that's happening like 
right now. Right now. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't know how to necessarily join the Discord. I'm sure like Charlie said someone has to invite you and also we are usually in someone else's Discord. But uh it'd be <laughs> it would be sick to get a bunch of pals in the Black Flag playroom. That was kind of the thought behind it initially and then I'm sure that there's times that we will be, been, be we we will be in there um either that or some of the people uh that uh some of the names you know and love from maybe Patreon we should stuff, so. maybe we should one night just put up a thing in on the Facebook page and just have one night dedicated to the to mm. Black Flag Playroom. Mm. My like voice Thursday or something. Gone. Thursday Thunder uh, at the Black Flag Playroom. <clears throat> Alexandra Fern says, uh, no question, but I glanced at Matt's last name, thought it said Capybara, and it got me excited. Matt is exciting still, though. <laughs> he is uh, very much obsessed with the capybaras or whatever the fuck those little hedgehog-looking motherfuckers, not yeah. hedgehog, groundhog-looking motherfuckers are. Yeah, it doesn't matter any time, any day, uh, any season, any month, any year. If you click on her Instagram story, it's going to be a capybara mm-hmm. or a caprera, if you will. That's actually probably a way better name for it, a caprera. A caprera dog. Uh Slim says, uh, I've seen a few articles now that the in, th- that indicate the IROC series is in its process of getting relaunched by Ray Everingham and Rob Kaufman. <clears throat> what are your opinions on the series, and uh, do you think the relaunch will be a success? I thought that's what they were trying to do with SRX. And now Ray Everingham so has nothing to do with it because it wasn't making money. Hmm. Uh, so my only opinion on the IROC thing is that if they do with it what it was intended to originally be, I'm down for it. It's literally called the International Race of Champions. That's what IROC stands for. And the whole premise behind it was you take the champion from each of the... World of Outlaws, NHRA, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR. Yeah. So the cha- literally the <laughs> champions all race against each other in Basically, various Basically, if, if there was to be like an Olympics of racing. Right. Kind of. The but what it, six shooter but what it turned into was like Ryan Newman. Yeah, it was, half, fucking, it was half. It was like eight cup drivers and then like Steve Kinzer and Ron Caps and Helio Castro. But it was like people who did nothing the year prior. It's right. like that's not the point of it. And... Like I, I then it from, went away. from the the articles that I'm reading too, they're trying to like bring back like the fire like the Firebird IROC cars. <laughs> That'd be and, cool. Nine, which 1998 sick. Camaros, which out is there. sick. I'm down for that. But it's like if if you do it for what it was originally intended for, I'm all in. Like mm. so, like this year, for example, you'd have Ryan Blaney, you'd have uh, Kazo there that won the Indy Championship. Fucking um, well, the, that guy. The problem and, is like you're everybody's race season's the same season, so it's like how do you expect I don't know who won the NHRA championship, but we'll just say fucking Antron Brown. He's racing on the weekend. So how right. do you expect him to go race somewhere else on the weekend? Or same with, you know, Brad Sweet or it would have to be like a Wednesday thing. Or, mm. or Joseph Newgarden, yeah. whoever won the Indy. Like it's, Which I think it was part of ABC's like Thursday Thunder program. I like, thought or like, ESPN or whatever it was. I thought it, it like piggybacked like cup races. Like if Cup was at Texas, so was oh, IROC maybe. or something. I don't remember. I was like mm. five in 1998. So I, I just remember know. Steve Kinzer used to flip a lot in those things. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he tried Cup and was fucking dog shit in anything other than a sprint, <laughs> like a dirt car, basically. But uh, uh, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, Rob Kaufman's also the guy that fucking floundered MWR into the ground too. So I don't know if I have. Well, you shouldn't try to rig races. Well, openly, allegedly. (laughs) Mm. Uh, 
Josh Badash, Badach, whatever. It says Doc, uh, Badak. Badak. Bad is, it a, is it actually Badak? I don't know. Oh, I was really. I I've always been curious, and I'm always hanging out with him, and I'm never <laughs> never ever gonna ask him. Certainly. So Josh Badash, Badach. Uh, nothing 16. like a, nothing like a 3 a.m. BFP snowball fight on the way back to the hotel. By the way, I'm still waiting for my order from Tim Hortons. Been three days. So we leave the racetrack Saturday night to head to this other hotel uh, called Americas because I guess that's where all the racers were hanging out. And we broke out uh, between us, the Section 8 guys, and the couple of stragglers we had, Josh being one of them, uh, full on, we called it the Great Battle of Allentown <laughs> snowball fight. Yeah. And it was so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. The video that I took and I posted on the BFP Instagram was uh, Swan. It, it looks like in the video, Swan Boat smashes my phone with a uh, snowball. <laughs> it, it didn't even hit it, but it looks very bad on the camera. And uh, I did have to flinch because it looked like it hit the camera. Well, my the camera was about a foot below my face. So uh, I had to flinch really hard. And then uh, on the way back, there was also that 3 a.m. one. Yeah, the, that one uh, was a little sloppier. The second, the second battle. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up face down in a snowbank. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I wasn't, I, mean, I was pretty drunk, but I wasn't that drunk, but I slipped Oof. as I was like mid throw and my weight got off balance and I drove it as far as I could, but I knew I was going to wreck <laughs> and I fucking, <laughs> I fucking like kind of like penguin slid a little bit quickly, got back up and Flores just goes, I knew you were going to fall. <laughs> I just knew you were going to fall. And I'm like, thanks. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then one of the, my but, girlfriend, Taylor, she was so fucking proud of this in the first fight. Uh, we're actively moving down the street to go to this bar, but we're having a snow. It's like a mobile snowball fight. And that, she was so proud that she looked up and saw this huge one falling. And she said like super Mario punched it out of the air <laughs> and blew it up into like 20 pieces. She was so fucking proud of that. She would not stop talking about saved, that. Saved a bunch of lives that day. That, I, obviously I wasn't there and I'm still bummed about it, but <laughs> the, the Tim Hortons thing been three days. That reminds me, do you remember when we all went to Foxwoods and Jeremy ordered, where did oh we go? Like God, Johnny Rise or whatever. Johnny, Johnny Rockets. And he never got and his food. And he never got his <laughs> food. And then the next morning, we went to Dunkin' Donuts on the way home, and they fucked his order up there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, no, so I walked in on them guys. Actually, he was FaceTiming Blaze at the time when I walked into Timmy Hortons because I saw it the day before, and I don't think maybe it just wasn't coffee drinking time but i was like i, w- I will go to tim hortons because i haven't seen one of these actually since i've been in columbus i was at columbus ohio because they have the same thing attached to their rink um and so i'm like i'm gonna go to tim hortons so i do i walk in there's a it says on their door that they're closed which by the way the first night we go out right it, a bunch of the bars like six bars said they were up until 2 a.m we went to one bar it was 11 30 they were closed Said they were open until 2 a.m. Said they were open online. Went to another bar. Quarter of a mile down the road. Said they were open until 2 a.m. 11.30. They were closed. Went to another bar. They were... And fucking- worse than that, so my girlfriend is a bartender, and she's very friendly, and, and so she, like, she under... She- like can make friends with anybody and talk to anybody. So she talked to all the bartenders that you guys had went to earlier in the day, and every single one was like, oh, don't go to sports and social. Don't go to sports. Well, that was the only fucking place that was open. It was like, well, why, mm. why don't go there? Why don't... What's well, wrong with the place? place was a sweet it was like a it was laid out like a buffalo wild wings except it was dark and they had a dj playing music in a dj booth okay yeah, it was, was awesome it was it, sick i'm like why cool. like we actually left and tried like he said to go to two other bars I'm like why don't we just go back to where we were like there's nothing wrong with where we were they have skee-ball <laughs> yeah no it, it ended up it was sick and it was fun to be there but like yeah everyone was just saying not to go there and i was a little fucking worried about it but um Oh yeah. Anyway, so I had walked in and Josh and Brett Missouri. They had they had ordered Tim Hortons like food and they were holding their coffees and Brett was like, I I 
I uh, don't really drink coffee that often, and my coffee's almost gone. I've literally been waiting for 25 minutes for my food to come out. And there was a bunch of other people, and they're like, uh, order 265. And I watched one dude. He was just like, what is it? And they're like, sausage, egg, and cheese on a sesame bagel. And he's like, I don't care at this point. And just grabbed <laughs> it and walked away. Uh, but, yeah, so tough for the Timmy Hortons. Great coffee, though. Uh, Matt Scene, uh, awesome meeting Brad and TTMG at Allentown. Hope your truck was there where you left it and our paths cross again. Yeah, so uh, I was in the middle of telling some dude on Facebook that Steve Post is really good at his job after he uh, said that he wasn't. And uh, I really thought that that guy, he, he seemed like he was kind of upset. And uh, I was like, he's probably going to come find me because he knows where I'm sitting because I took the, every video from the same exact spot. So I get just a tap on the shoulder and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> turn around and it's just a guy who just goes are you brad from uh bfp and i was like yeah like stone face and i'm like oh no <laughs> like what's up man and he's like oh i'm matt scene and instantly i'm like that he's been a patreon pal for so long it seems like asked a bunch of questions i was like awesome man so he sat down and we watched the whole the whole program together we went and grabbed a couple beers we bought each other a beer and fucking just hung out and then i uh, even found tt again and uh, recruited him so that was cool. Um, definitely cool to meet some of the pals, especially the names that you uh, recognize and uh, people that you have never been able to put a face to the name. So, um, Next question uh, or comment. Andy Sippy Byron, the wheels on Brad's sober wagon did not even wobble this weekend, let alone fall off. He was like a good Catholic boy Saturday night. Hang in there, buddy. We are here for you. God bless. Uh, yeah, I... So, Were you hurting? Well, yeah, actually, on Saturday, we had gone all the way, like through a ba couple battles to uh, Americas, uh, like we had mentioned. And I was sitting there, and I was just drinking Bud Light, but I had been drinking anything and everything for so long. And I actually, there was, in the middle of the TQ race, I realized that I still had, like, because they're selling pounders at the arena. I still Massive had, like... fucking jugs of beer. <laughs> I still had, like, a quarter of a Bud Light and then a full Coors Light. So I had to chug it before we left to go to the bar. Ooh. And then so we sat down, and I was like, oh, I'll wait and, like, order a bunch of food. And so I don't remember, we ordered mozzarella sticks and we ordered chicken tenders and fries. And so I ordered another beer. So I drink my beer, the mozzarella sticks come out. There's like five of them. I eat a couple of those just we to try to have so something. so many people too at this America's place, like between the Section 8 guys, us, Swanee, all of them. Taylor and I didn't even get to sit at the table. We ran out of tables. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't even matter if you were at a table or not, though, because everyone just kind of started moving around, and we never got our chicken tenders and fries. So I was just nursing a Bud Light, and then whenever I needed a drink, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll take a Bud Light." And like, I just stopped even asking about the fucking chicken tenders. I was, I was like, "I'll just make sure they're not on my check." So I was just kind of uh, nursing home the uh, the night at that point, just having a Bud Light. And I was on the other way so around. Now. I had to play catch up, so I had both feet on the accelerator. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the last question and or comment, I want to say that this episode There's is brought more. to you by... Oh, okay. One, a couple, couple more late, loaded yeah. in. But uh, this episode oh. is brought to you by LCM Motorsports. Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, them and uh, Derek Griffith. Go follow Derek Griffith Motorsports on social media and be sure to uh, tune in anytime Derek's on the track. I don't know what their next race is, but I do know that they will be uh, running the, red, the entire... Or the Red Eye at New Smyrna. That was supposed to be this past mm. weekend and got rained out. <clears throat> yeah, so it's going to be probably at New Smyrna or at least a track uh, much more south than uh, our Arctic Tundra. So uh, I know that they'll be running the, uh, I believe, the full slate as well for uh, Speed Week. So looking forward to seeing them, guys. And uh, thank you again to them for jumping on board. Uh, Tyler P says, why is Stuart Haas posting on Twitter like a teenage bitch after a breakup? Wrong answers only. Because they're teenagers that broke up. I don't know. What is this even in reference yeah, to? I have no idea. I, I know that the only thing that I'm aware of with Stuart Haas is that they're doing a completely 
new rebrand. That's well, they it. should because the the only thing they have to brand <laughs> is Kevin Harvick, and he's gone. So. Well, they changed. Well, like, like their, their logo. logo's different. Their colors are all different. Like the building is. Oh, so maybe that's way. maybe that's what he means because like your first move when you break up is to change your profile picture and delete, <laughs> oh, uh, delete okay. everything that from the sense. past. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's tough. All those wins that yeah, Kevin like, Harvick had it's like a new anymore. logo, everything. Yeah, which I yeah. understand. Like the Patriots when Tom Brady, they were like, "Okay, New Jerseys, we're just gonna fucking do this all different." Yeah, <laughs> so, which I get. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you got to change some some. It shit is a up. wild like the whole face of that organization just from even two years ago is completely different now, which is fine. Uh, he says, uh, hey, Bobby, were you around the super mods when the feller, I think his name was Matt Seavey, tried to take the fence down at Star in 2015? Uh, it was Matt Seavey. He did take the fence down. Uh, I wasn't racing. I had my car back then, but I wasn't racing. I was still fucking around with taxi cab, shitbox, late models back then. Um, that was a pretty scary wreck. Uh, Matt got a run on the outside of Billy Osborne. They came down the front stretch. They were drag racing. Billy squeezed him in the fence and kind of a fluke deal. He, he climbed his right front, did a wheelie, and uh, as he was doing a wheelie, he wheelied into the catch fence at Star. And at the very end of the front stretch at Star, the front stretch wall like steps up a foot for some reason. Uh, kind of dangerous. I've seen two cars hit that. And he hit that, and the thing did a pirouette like in the fucking air, ripped a wing off, ripped all four wheels. Um, I went through the fence enough to smoke a trash can. The trash can went flying into the grandstands. Uh, luckily, there was nobody sitting that far down, and it didn't hit anybody. It was a, it was a scary wreck. Like he said, it's on YouTube. Um, Caitlin Osborne, I think. It might not have been her. It might have been Dave McGuire back then. But either way, I got a pretty good video of it. And it, uh, I think it went viral, too, at one point. I think it, I don't know if like a speed sport or some some publication picked it up. So the thing's got a fuck ton of views. But He also says, uh, also, can the pals get the Discord link so we can participate in Chili Racing Night in America? Uh, yeah, well, we, can, I mean, we, can, we can post the, somehow, maybe an invite link or something to all the pals for the playroom. Yeah. And uh, But you might have to co- Get, get it going uh, amongst yourselves because uh, I don't know how many times I'll be home uh, this week and uh, we'll try to plan one night specifically, but uh, all the pals can hang out in the playroom. Yeah, I, think like, I, think I don't have a computer anymore, but I can definitely get on Discord on either this or that. So I think Thursday night would be the move. We'll have an official BFP night in the playroom. I'd be to watch the. We'll get Tom to or somebody to stream the, the chili bowl for us. Definitely yep. down for that. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll post that link, and I don't have the, no, the most recent... The uh, the last it's, one, uh, Logan Poolin. Yeah, he says uh, for Brad, did we make the weekend unscathed from the Allentown Alley oop to your taint? Uh, what the? Is that <laughs> I think he was talking about the last time I went drinking where I got my taint felt. Um, I did. I did not get oh. my taint touched. Uh, if that is the <laughs> have question. you recovered? Uh, I have not. No, I'm still very nervous to go out in public. I get shakes every once in a while around too, people, huh? groups of people. Um. It's, uh, some say it might be a condition. I think it's just because my taint got felt. Um, the guy, like, it's so just so strange. He, like, tried to use me as a bowling ball. It's very <laughs> weird. But there's no hole in my taint. Maybe That's my pressure. Have you seen it? Uh, actually, no, not lately. I got fat. And I did lose 15 pounds in December not drinking, so glad to gain all those back this month. Mm. Uh, speaking of that, going to Buffalo Wild Wings here to watch the national championship yeah, game. So but, uh, but real quick, I don't, we never even actually touched on the TQ race from Saturday night. Um Hands down, the best TQ race I've ever seen. Uh, I've been doing this shit for almost 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the battles that Ryan Flores, Andy Jankowiak, and Tommy Catalano put on, three wide for the lead multiple times. None of them wrecked. They really didn't even have to use each other up. And it was very weird. Every car that took the lead lost the lead on the next restart. It was mm-hmm. unreal. I've never seen anything like it. Whether they chose the top, the bottom, the, the middle, it didn't matter. Tommy drives to the lead. 
loses it to Skip on the restart. Skip takes the lead, loses it on the next re- it just it kept cycling and on the last restart it looked like Andy Andy Jankoyak probably had the best car um, and he was going to win the race and they had a caution late in the run probably 4 to go, 6 to go, something like that and uh he said the um brake pedal just went to the floor and you could see his rotors on the video I watched the video back uh were glowing orange and nobody else's were so he was hard on the brakes and like I said earlier, that car looked like it had sat in the rafters of a barn for 11 months and they blew the dust off it. Uh, so I don't know. He said he, he was pretty bummed out by the whole deal because he thought he should have won and uh, the brakes failed on him. So so Ryan drives around and takes the lead for good, wins the race. Tomcat finished second, um, and Andy held on for third. I think Tanner Van Dorn snuck by us for fourth late. Matt, Matt got uh, he held on to fourth for a while. He had a good run, just didn't quite have the car that those guys had. But for having a brand-new car and we didn't get to race on Friday, Really didn't know what to expect. Um, didn't know what we had for a car, but uh, he slipped back to six on the last restart. Kyle Lick just, uh, he ran into the back of us like 45 times, and he the last restart, he drove over Matt's left rear going into one and cost us a couple spots late. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Tanner Van Dorn, I think, was fourth. I forget it was fifth. Matt ended up sixth. Briggs Danner was seventh right behind us with his brand-new car. He had a hell of a weekend. Um, fast right out of the gate with a brand-new car and blew up on Friday. And they found a motor for Saturday, and they they live nearby, so they just brought the car home, found another motor. Well, Briggs was parked right next to us. He shows up around 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon to get dressed. Where's the race car? And they, they were saying, oh, they were they were just, they had one last thing to do, and then they were going to bring the race car. 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, no race car. They apparently found another issue, and they were scrambling. Well, the heat races started at 7 o'clock. 650. This thing is hauling ass down the parking garage ramp on a furniture dolly, covered in snow, no tires on it. <laughs> heat, like heat races are all lined up pretty much. He took the tail end of the fourth heat race, had no qualifying effort, nothing, and drove to a, drove to third in the heat race to make the show. So, um, kid was uh, entertaining to watch. I think, he, like I said, he drove to I think 14th to seventh in the feature, but yeah, pretty wild. Also competing in the Chili Bowl this week. So. Mm, same with Tim Buckwalter. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know where he ended up on Saturday. I think he was mid pack. Um, yeah. yeah. the uh, the other the the other nominee, but didn't win the award because we didn't have him on the show, and I don't think we'd want him on the show anyway. Is uh, Chad Jones for the should should have gone drinking award? Uh, Chad crashed and flipped in practice on Friday, and then he crashed and flipped in the B main on Saturday. Uh, I actually think it was. Matt Caprera, he squeezed into the fence and flipped himself on Saturday, was it not? Um, I don't, I can't remember. I don't remember, but he ended up he he was side by side with somebody coming out too, and just drove the guy in the fence, hooked himself in the fence, and flipped. And the thing like skidded down the track on the ooh, on its on its side, like grinding along the wall, and then hit the other wall, and it like caved the fucking roll cage in. And so Jeff uh, Champagne, part of Section 8 Motorsports, was taking a picture of it. And I guess Chad flipped the fuck out on him oh, for really? taking pictures of it. Mm. So Jeff's got this like blurry picture with like a hand in it <laughs> of the roll cage caved in. And, and when I asked Jeff for his permission to steal their bid, he's like, yeah, just make sure you tell that part of the story. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tough, yeah. tough break. So but. all in all, a good weekend in Allentown. The drive home fucking sucked. Um, we, we It was good until about Connecticut. And then we finally caught up with the snow storm so and, uh, I, I was doing some research having some fomo while you guys were headed down and uh found out that there are very very cheap flights from portland to newark and then newark's only like an hour drive mm. so the flights were like seven get there in like 45 minutes or an hour and then it's an hour drive so mm. i was like i'm 
I I was like this close to getting a just plane ticket and meeting you there, but mm. we should have got a plane ticket for the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, weapon of the week is New Hampshire Department of Transportation. And that t- plane ticket was only like eighty bucks. Yeah, it was like we got to about eastern Connecticut and we caught up to the storm and the roads were okay. You could you could <laughs> safely um, white knuckle it at like forty five fifty. Uh, parts of Massachusetts on ninety two ninety. Um, or yeah, two ninety four ninety five. They were okay. Um, had some good, had some bad. The very tail end of four ninety five started to get a little treacherous. At this point, we had I dropped Brad and Amanda off at the parking ride that I met them in in, in I was like Berlin or Hudson, Mass, whatever. And Brad and I both had the same thought, like, oh, okay, well, we'll get on ninety five, and ninety five will be good. Get on ninety five, treacherous, tumultuous, doesn't. Don't even know where the lanes I've are. Never. Driving over ice chunks, <laughs> fucking slipping around. I've never seen a highway look this bad in my entire life. I didn't. It it was so bad. It was like a, a shitty side road, like unplowed, like four inches of standing snow. It was just. It was ridiculous. Well, like I told you, we were sitting there just watching it come down. I'm like this is this is all bad. And it was so misleading because we're hauling ass on the way home, making good time through New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. Sun's out at parts of New York, and Brad's like. Pulls up the Patriots game. He's like, oh, Foxborough's getting fucking killed with snow. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Like, we waited as long as we could. We didn't leave till 1 on Sunday, which was, if you know me, was giving me absolute anxiety. Because, like, I just want to get up and go home. But I'm like, there's no point to get up and go home. Because the earlier we leave, the earlier we're just going to drive. And we're going to catch this storm. So we waited until about 1. And and, uh, we, we, we were making okay time. So you're only on 95 in Massachusetts for a short amount of time when you come off 95. Only a couple miles. Or 495, rather. So, once again, have the thought, like, well, it'll be better when we get to New Hampshire. No, it was worse. It was fucking worse. I'm like, now we're starting to see cars off the road. Uh, some cuz nugget in a Silverado was way out there. <laughs> Shit whipped yeah. into the woods. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever see that? And you're like, how'd you do that? Yeah. Like, how, yeah. yeah how did you do that? Because after I saw that Silverado fucking in the trees, like, 30 feet away from the road, there was a <laughs> there was a Subaru <laughs> Forester literally, like, straight Looked up like and Titanic. down. Just end up. Straight up and down, completely opposite of the way that the road goes. So I was like, how did, the, did you even fucking do that? Like, you must have, like, stopped to, like, put your blinker on and just been like, oopsies. <laughs> like, grab the e-brake and just let Jesus take the wheel. So, so... Now you know we're we're down to fucking fifteen twenty miles an hour the whole way through New Hampshire and I'm like I was hoping to make it home in time to get some Chinese food for dinner but I'm like now nah, there's no fucking way I'm gonna make it home right. by nine get o'clock Chinese food for breakfast yeah so I was like fucking a goddamn it and I'm hungry I got no food in my house and and um, so get through New Hampshire and it's starting to get a little better when you're easing through Portsmouth and then you cross the big green bridge and it was seventy five the whole way home my truck may rot out completely by the morning but shout out to the state of Maine there was enough <laughs> road salt on there to survive Chernobyl apparently because mm-hmm. the roads were black Un- as could be unbelievable not a fucking ounce of ice or snow on them and uh, yeah made up all that lost time we had in New Hampshire so did yeah yep yeah so so that brings uh, the Allentown. Trip What's up to for this close. weekend, boys? Looking forward to Atlantic City. Uh, this weekend, I know for me personally, Saturday afternoon, I'm going to find my way to the Augusta Car Show, the Northeast uh, Motorsports Expo, uh, for uh, where last year I was the winner of the Grand National Greg's gift, $5,000.09 sponsorship this year. The final three are Kate Ray, Riley Lanfair, and Zach Bowie. And uh, John asked, which he didn't have to ask, I was going to anyway, to be on hand for the presentation of that award. So, Good excuse to go up there, drink a couple beers, check out some race cars, um, and uh, be a part of that deal. How about you? 
Uh, I'm going to try to find my way to the Augusta Car Show. I'm not sure. You get on um, 95 and you get <laughs> off exit. I, I think it's 100. I didn't know that. Uh, well, I, I, I think I, it literally I actually is, didn't yeah. know you that the Augusta Car Show too, so. <laughs> was uh, this coming weekend. Um, just because it seemed like it was a little bit later than it usually is. But yeah, uh, normally I did. I did. Because we, we talked about that on the way home. And we're like, I've never missed a Chili Bowl because I've been at Augusta. But normally the Augusta Show would have been last weekend. Yeah, 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 and that's what I thought because Amanda Cause I, was like, "Oh, my mom wants to come up to visit," and I'm like, "Oh, she's like, yeah, there's a thirteenth work," and I'm like, "Yeah, I, I don't have anything going on thirteenth." I'd, I'd forgot all about it, but I was gonna go to Allentown you go last Sunday, year. Technically, too, I guess. But I was gonna go to Allentown last year to help Matt, but I couldn't because I was in the Grand National Greg's thing. So I think mm-hmm. the, the the Augusta Car Show got pushed back a week. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I might make my, make my way up there. Anyone wants merchandise or something, I'll find a way to get it to Bobby. And uh, I, if you're I, there Saturday, <clears> I think they're shirts. it's still like part of Sunday morning too. Yeah, they do it right? Sunday Some, from like nine to one, something like that. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna have to hit it Sunday because Saturday is the Lee USA Speedway Banquet, uh, where myself and Randy Wheelock will be the hosts of the evening. Um, also, uh, Lindsay's got some friends coming down from the up fucking north somewhere. Um, and then Friday, we're doing something else too. So, uh, busy yeah. week ahead for sure. So, it sounds like if you want merchandise <clears throat> at either the Augusta Car Show or the Lee USA Banquet, get a hold of myself and I will try to figure out how to get that to the parties involved. Mm. So, no, just a reminder uh, the uh, off season invocation at Eric's Church that's going to be on Thursday, February 8th from 6 30 to 8 30 with karaoke to follow. Um, we haven't really <coughs> talked about it much other than when we had Andy on a few weeks ago. So um, mark that on your calendar. We're going to be pushing that pretty hard here in the next next few weeks or so as we get ready to go to Florida. Yep. Yeah. So has this been episode 250? Whatever. 253. Something. Yep. Cool. See you next Tuesday. Yep. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car. <laughs>